The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. I, I really didn't want to want to discuss this, but now it's part of a a bigger conspiracy. I mean, really, that that's what you have to call it on some level now. It's a conspiracy to get the president. I'm not saying the president has not done wrong. I don't know. But I know they don't know either. They being the conspirators. A lot of the people that you see going off, maybe even uh, celebrities, congressmen, senators, governors that have attacked the president, many people in the media are not doing it because they're part of the conspiracy. They're doing it because the conspiracy is out there, providing them with information, and their own emotions are driving them to hysteria. They're believing it, first of all, because of those little conspiratorial seeds that have been planted, and they've allowed to grow into a grand hedge of hysteria. That's where they're at with this. But let's not overlook that somewhere in there, Chris, there has to be a bit of conspiracy. Think for for a minute. The big in the last week has been somebody within the administration writing an op-ed piece that the president is out of control, mentally unfit. And that comes out and is published under, at best, shady-ass circumstances, it comes out at the same time that a book comes out called Fear, also about how unstable the president is. (laughs) It shows how crazy he must be. It's all coming together right now, Chris. There are no coincidences when it comes to stuff like this. No, not at all. The same week, the same week that this book comes out about the exact same thing from a guy. Well, we know we can absolutely trust. He's, <laughs> he's behind Watergate, brought down that uh, that scandal. And now he's out there reporting on how unstable the president is. Come on. This is not a conspiracy at some level. All of these people are there. The president is that unstable. We didn't know that 10 years ago. We didn't. Did he just become unstable since becoming president? Was it a month ago? When did this happen? Because we didn't hear about him being unstable, mentally unfit during the campaign. I mean, people said, oh, he was brash and he was rude and all of these other things. Then he was unfit, of course, because he was walking around grabbing hoo-hahs and all of this stuff. But did they say he was unstable? No. Why now this? Because they got to get him. It's just let's pile on. The conspiracy is the people that have put this out there, this idea. And some willing participants in the media who have helped fan the flames. I believe the New York Times is involved. 
I absolutely do. I don't know if I'll ever have proof, and maybe people are going to call that a grand conspiracy, and that's fine. But I think we all know in our heart of hearts that this is not rolling out in just some the president's crazy manner, right? The president's just crazy. It just happened to roll out this way. It would not roll out this way. It absolutely would not. If you were wanting to take down President Trump, how would you do it? How would you do it? Right? You would say, okay, what could we take him down on? Russia. You would invent something about Russia. Remember, people love to project. It's something to do, especially in politics. We know that lots of people have had dealings with Russia, including the Clinton Foundation and Hillary and Bill and Uranium One and a pay to play when she was Secretary of State. We know some of that's true. We don't know if anything illegal was done. We believe. We don't know 100%. So what do you do? You project that same stuff on this guy that you're challenging in case it comes out about you. And remember, the Clintons are high-level politicians. They know how to pull these political strings. So what do you do? You go, well, if that ever comes out, let's start. Let's plant the seeds now that Trump had some dealings with Russia there. And the guy has not done him any favors, himself any favors when it comes to that stuff. So you say that, right? So you get that going, an investigation, and they just keep fanning these flames with, again, no proof. Nothing. They've taken down people around him. Nothing to do with this, and still nothing. Well, they've indicted people, and they've investigated, and there's research, and there's questions, and there's testimony. Show me one piece of even remote evidence. There is nothing. So that's the first thing. Then what do you do? You say he's dumb. That's a that's 101 in the Democrat playbook. And from progressives in general. Why? Because they believe they're smarter and they, they want to play that game, right? President's dumb. He's dumb. He's dumb. Ah, he's attacking women. They play that game. What's left? We've got to inv- How can we get him out? How do we, if, let's say we don't end up with any smoking gun. Well, we could still impeach him though, right? Take back the House, take (laughs) back the Senate, let's impeach him, right? Ah, 25th Amendment. Chris, if you and I were sitting at a bar drinking and said, how do we want to take somebody down? This is what we would do. If we had those political connections, we would run down the list and say, well, how do you remove a president? You got to show that he's done something that is prosecutable, High crimes and misdemeanors, right? Yeah. Well, we'd try to plan something like that. We'd uh, spin something, but that's going to be kind of difficult to do. Very difficult. But think how easy within somebody who's the administration of somebody who is bombastic, someone who does not play by the rules, someone who has pissed off all kinds of people that even members of his own party hate. How do you do it? You say he's crazy. Because you don't have to go, uh, you know, clinical diagnosis. You don't have to have, you know, 10 doctors out there that would say, yes, I think the guy is absolutely clinically insane. Although you could get those because there's going to be enough progressives out there. You don't even have to have that standard. You just have to create the scenario where people begin to believe the people begin to believe that it's possible that the president may be mentally incapacitated. Yeah. Just enough that they say, I'm just not sure I want that guy's finger on the button. I don't want his short, stubby, Vienna sausage-like fingers on the button. Do you realize that's all you have to do? Yeah. 
And even if you fall short of your goal of saying or proving to people enough to get him out of office because of the 25th Amendment, even if you fall short of that goal, you still succeed. Tainting him for 2020 and helping the Democrats and progressives in 2018 and 2020 and moving forward. This is what you have. Calling into question everything he has, like uh, his Supreme Court picks. Look at this. I heard a couple people going off the other day. You've got a guy who is mentally unfit to serve as president and how he's appointing Supreme Court justices. Think about how that damages us. A crazy man essentially appointing these crazy people. This is a grand conspiracy on some level. There are people out there pulling this. Bob Woodward creates a book called Fear. Specifically, that the president is unstable. Fear. Think about the ironic name of that. Yes, it absolutely is fear. The fear is not, oh my gosh, the president's unstable. The fear is from people like Bob Woodward who are telling you that the president is unstable. So let's go down this for one second here. Oh, I hate even giving Bob Woodward the coverage on this stuff. And I'm not anti-Bob Woodward, by the way. I've given Bob Woodward his due. I've said when it comes to the media, Bob Woodward is far less um, biased than some of today's media, far less than a lot of the people at CNN. I've met Bob Woodward. I went to a, uh, a Q&A of a book he had out a few years ago. I mean, I mean, not the uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, Meltdown, Lawrence O'Donnell, Rachel Maddow, <laughs> you know, type, because they're not even really journalists. He's at least a journalist and at least tries to show that he backs up his, his claims. I'm not sure I can trust them based on his track record, though. But think about the letter to begin with. We're expected to believe an op-ed piece which is unprecedented. The New York Times even put that at the end of their op-ed, the op-ed that they ran from the so-called senior official inside the Trump administration. They put that this is rare. Why do you put that? Stop for a moment and think, why do you put that? It's instantly qualifying. It's a qualifier to anybody who would question it. It's like this. Chris and I are out at dinner. And the waitress comes over to order, and I begin to order. And right as I do, I turn to Chris. I go, I know I'm overweight, but I'm going to go ahead and have the Henry VIII plate. Actually, two or three of them. Why do I say I know I'm overweight, but? It gets it out there. It It gives me a pass. It's qualifying. it. It's the elephant in the room. You announce it, and you're all set, right? You step up to give a presentation at work. You got to step in front of it, and you know it's not that great. So what do you lead with? I know this isn't that great. And you begin to qualify. I was up late. Bob didn't get me all that information, yada, yada, yada. You've lowered expectations. You've covered all of it. It tamps down the people instantly going, holy crap, Chris's presentation is the worst thing I've ever seen. That's the qualifier of, we know this is rare, but we're going to do it anyway. Unprecedented. So they published this piece. That, think about how many levels of unproven, unsubstantiated this is. Here's an op-ed piece from somebody inside the Trump administration. Now, we got this 
from a trusted intermediary. Okay, who is it? They're a trusted intermediary. We trust them, and they're an intermediary. Yeah, can you tell us more about them at least so we can at least trust them too? No, no. Trust us that you can trust them. Well, I ask you over the years, is the New York Times trustworthy? If the New York Times did not have an obvious, overt, liberal bent, substantial liberal bent over the last whatever, my lifetime, lifetimes before, since their existence, that we all know of that have been proven day in and day out. If they did not have that, maybe you could say, well, I don't know. Maybe I could lean towards trusting them on this. Even that would be difficult. It's an intermediary. You don't need to know about them. Just trust us that you can trust them. Okay, well, you've proven yourself not trustworthy, but okay. Then the intermediary, we say, we don't know who you are, but... The New York Times has vouched for you. So, okay, cool. Uh, Where did you get this op-ed? Well, we acted as the go-between to somebody, a senior official. Okay, who is it? Well, we can't tell you. Well, how do we know if we could trust them? No, no. Trust us. You could trust them. Wait, what? We, We don't even know if we could trust you because the New York Times vouched for you. We know we can't trust them. Hey, trust us. Okay, we'll trust you that that they're actually in the, the administration, a senior official. Wow, that's a bit of a stretch, but okay, let's dig a little deeper here. Now, the so-called senior official comes out and says, holy crap, the president's crazy. How is he crazy? Have you seen his policies? We love a lot of them, but some of them are just out there. Wait, you love a lot of them? Yeah, he has done so much good, so many But some of his policies, well, like what? Well, you know, when he deals with people, he's bombastic and he changes his mind a lot. He yells at people. Okay. So can you give us some examples? No, not really. Just trust us. Well, you haven't proven how he's crazy. You said how much you love a lot of his policies, some you didn't agree with, but you've got to change this. We've got to make a change. And you're... Doing something improper and probably illegal. Absolutely. Actually, it is illegal. If you are taking things off the president's desk, if you are not following his directives as commander in chief, you are doing something illegal. And you're saying you're doing this because you know better, even though you are unelected. That's what the New York Times told us. And it could, you could dive into this even worse. If this person's motivations really are saving America, where are you? How come you have not stepped up and you're putting your job first? You're willing to put the entire country at jeopardy by laying this out. You're willing to possibly see the president impeached and all the bad that will come with that over something that you believe so strongly in that it's for the good of America, but you're not even willing to put your job first. Well, I got news. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people have put their entire lives first. Millions upon millions have actually been willing to put their lives first and have, and millions have died. Think about that. And you're not willing to risk your cushy government job over something that you're so passionate about, you're willing to take on the presidency, break the law, not do your job, and possibly see the country thrown into a constitutional crisis. That's what the New York Times ran. 
the same week that Bob Woodward's book comes out. And the media, oh my gosh, it is a media wet dream. It is. They cannot, I can only imagine the giddiness that members of CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post wake up with every morning. That as soon as that alarm, they're probably before the alarm goes off, right? They jump out of bed. Oh, it's five till I can't wait. Ving! Onto their feet. Yada-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Getting ready for bed or work in the morning. That has to be how they are. Because they are promoting this idea that Bob Woodward, again, with his claims being unsubstantiated as well, and a track record, Bob Woodward's track record is sketchy. You know, we think of him as Woodward and Bernstein, man. They brought down all the president's men. They brought down Nixon. And we know what a bad guy he was doing and all those illegal things. Okay, yeah, some of that's true. But what about the rest of his track record? Do you, do you know about it? Do you know even during the uh, Watergate investigation, some of the stuff that they uncovered is sketchy at best? Here's what it looks like happened. Although they got a lot of things right and did some things right, that the way they handled that investigation, they got lucky. They believed some things and wink, wink came up with some sources. Sketchy, sketchy, sketchy sources. But it looks like they got some of it right. And therefore that never came back to bite him in the ass. That's even Watergate. That's what happened. Not to mention his other allegations about other people, other books he's written. We're going to dive into some of that coming up next in the morning blaze. The morning blaze inappropriately appropriating cultures since 2012. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, we'll get some of your comments coming up. You can tweet at the broadcast. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. I hate, I hate being in this position to to, um, defend the president over something like this. But it's not accurate. Can we simply hold people accountable for their actions? Can we stop with all of the backdoor uh, attacks, all of the subversive things? And why is this happening? Because those people want power, same as it ever was. That's all that's going on here. Whether it's Democrats, whether it's progressives, whether it's that, these people are looking power. This isn't even this isn't even the progressives out there that hate Trump and his policies. This is not the average Hollywood actress out there like Deborah Messing, who is hysterical because Trump and abortion and all this. They're not part of this stuff. They're the useful idiots. They're the ones who are so over-emotional that they see this stuff in the media. Part of it, I believe, part of the conspiracy to take down the president. And they're triggered by it. And then because they have power and influence, they tweet about it and they post about it and they cry and all this stuff. People are like, oh my gosh, look what the president is doing. Look how divided we now are. Two years ago, it was Shangri-La in America. We all got along. Do you remember the nationwide uh, campfire roasts and marshmallow toast, Chris? Do you remember that? 
It no, was the the no, star-bellied Sneetches and the Sneetches without stars upon theirs, all arm in arm. Do you remember us on the beaches with the Sneetches no. all just happy? Nope. No, of course not. We were divided back then as well because the way you feel about Trump, <gasps> we feel about Obama. Yeah, it's the same. What? I know, right? All right, get the tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. We'll get uh, some of those coming up. First, I've got to tell you about WaxRx. Yeah, it's a wax removal system from your ear, and we endorse it here proudly because WaxRx works. That's what you got to remember. WaxRx works. The website, usewaxrx.com. Now, this is a three-step system. The first step is eardrops in your ears. Comes a little eardrops, you put them in your ears, and it helps dissolve, break down all of that earwax. Softens it up there a little bit. Then you got the doctor designed pump. Now this is the perfect amount of pressure that gives you enough force to flush all that stuff out, but not enough that it's going to damage anything. Feels great to have all that flushed out. Then you wrap it up with a pH balance rinse, which leaves your ears soft and supple. This is cheaper than going to a doctor and having them doing it, and safer than shoving stuff in your ears. So please go to usewaxrx.com, order your complete system today, and don't forget to use the promo code radio because it'll be shipped to your door for free. It's called uh, WaxRx. It's at usewaxrx.com. You know, there are <clears throat> a lot of people who believe, and now these are granted conspiracy theories a little on their own, but... That during the Watergate um, investigations, Mm -hmm. while Woodward and Bernstein were out there investigating it, that some of the sources that they had were invented. Maybe some of them like Deep Throat or Z that they talked about were actually a composite of multiple people who had little nuggets here and there. And that they did this in order to seem more credible so the newspaper would run it. When really, like what they were doing with some of the articles was a fishing expedition. You put it out there with as much accuracy as you can in order to scare the administration and people involved into reacting. Then you print their reaction, and that triggers, triggers, triggers into actually finding something out. This is investigative journalism 101. Not the inventing of people, but... If you know one nugget and you run with the story, it starts tugging at that string and gets people to react. Either they react by protecting, and then you go, oh, we got something there. The way they react is a directive. It shows you which direction to go. If they, in some ways they may act, if they're not protecting, they may uh, misdirect. Over here, over here. But it looks like that's what they did. Uh, In some recent books, people have claimed that even... um, Deep Throat was suspect. So you got Deep Throat. In 2005, the former FBI agent Mark Felt came out and said, no, no, I'm deep. I was Deep Throat. Yep. Well, it looks like now that he couldn't have been because of, in Woodward's notes on Deep Throat at the University of Texas, he argued that some information that Woodward said was coming from Deep Throat could not have actually been him. It couldn't have been. In other words, these different things, accounts that they have, would not add up that it was Mark Felt. It would contradict that it could have been him. And these are things that have been really discussed in the last decade or so. But it's not just Deep Throat. It's Z as well. Some of the quotes that they attributed to Z, they left out things like, hey, this seems implausible, and uh, you know nobody really believes this, but... It was like uh, Obama saying, 
Um, I have none of the information, but uh, the police acted stupidly. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. These are the types of, of quotes that they only told you the second half. Listen, I don't have any of the information. Nobody really believes this. This is unfounded. But, and then they would just quote from there on. Even Ben, um, ben Bradley, he was the longtime editor at the Washington Post, their boss during the Watergate administration. He, in his notes that were published years later, questioned all of this stuff. Now, publicly, he's, oh, Woodburn and Bernstein, fine reporters, whatever. But he questioned all of this. He didn't believe that Deep Throat was the way they presented him. They had 50 meetings in a garage with Deep Throat. Wow. And he was like, okay, a meeting? Sure. Couple meetings? Yeah, okay. 50? Come on, man. If you were Deep Throat, were you going to meet 50 times in a garage? No, no. And that's just the question surrounding Bob Woodward's Watergate investigation, the one that made him... And yet at the same time, he puts out his book, The New York Times Runs the We Know Somebody Inside the Administration. Please. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Blaze with Doc Thompson. I uh, I didn't want to talk about Woodward's book because I don't want to give him any extra publicity. I'm tired of defending the tra- the president on stuff because I have some issues with the president. I mean, overall, his job performance, I would say, for a libertarian or conservative over the last couple of years has been pretty solid. I don't like his bombastic nature. I don't think this is good for America. I even get his joking. I understand this is how he communicates. I just don't like it. I don't think I would like him personally. I don't. So I don't want to defend him on this stuff. I want to talk about the individual issues. But I see what's going on here. This is a conspiracy. On some level, this is what's happened. Now, you know there's always somebody out there conspiring. You know that. Against every president, Obama, Bush, it doesn't matter. Because those people want the power. I get it. But when you see this level where the media is complicit, it actually proves the president's point. Not everybody at CNN, MSNBC, or others are in the meetings. Not all of them are getting their marching orders. They don't have to. That's the beauty of it. They don't have to be part of the conspiracy or knowledge of their, of their uh, involvement in conspiracy. They don't have to know. It just has to be a couple of people at the top that are putting it out there and a couple of people that work with them picking up and run with it. A news director here, a, uh, a network director there. That's all it takes. And the rest are willing, willing participants because they simply don't like him. And that's what's going on. You know, uh, Bob Woodward had a book um, called Wired about Jim Belushi or John Belushi, John Belushi, the actor. Um, And after it was out, I mean, people just attacked it. People who knew John Belushi. And it wasn't like, you know, your wife is like, well, or your kids, I don't want them to come across bad Friends are like, those stories, they just didn't happen. Dan Aykroyd came out and said, yeah, you painted an, an inaccurate picture of Dan. Those stories didn't actually happen. He had a book in the late 80s about uh, William Casey, who was the former was it FBI director and the Iran-Contra hearing that, I think it was Vail, 
Vale. I think that was the name of it. His depiction was that William Casey, in a deathbed confession, just spewed all of this stuff. The guy who had been incapacitated was not able to speak in the final moments of his life when, oh my gosh, I've got a moment of clarity and I'm able to speak. Quick, Bob, write this down. That's really what he said. Everybody, the nurses, doctors are like, yeah, the guy couldn't speak. He couldn't give him anything. His daughter, William Casey's daughter said, this absolutely didn't happen. This is, this is the, somebody with his level of respect in the media, right? Uh, brought down Nixon, Watergate. To have any one of these is really bad. All of them, sorry, Bob, you've got a sketchy past. Now, many other people, as I said, are just people because they hate Trump. They're happy to go along with this stuff. Like um, Carol Cook. You know Carol Cook? No, I don't know who Carol Cook is. Carol Cook, the, the great actress. You know, Carol Cook. You know, she's in her 90s. Carol Cook, the... Yeah, I have no idea who this woman is. I do not know. I had no idea. The news came up, uh, the story came up from TMZ about something she said. <laughs> now, there are so many fails here. The fact that anybody at TMZ knows who Carol Cook is. Yeah. That normally you'd say something like, Oh, good for you. You're knowledgeable. No, there's no reason to know her. This woman has not been significant for years. She's in her nineties. She's an I guess still an actress. But you run up to Carol Cook and you say, Tell me about Trump. Come on. Come on. Guess what? You're gonna get hits on your website. Good for you for that. Beyond this, she's an actress. She wasn't, she didn't have to, she hasn't been, um, you know, running for office. If you go up to Cynthia Nixon, you go, oh, she's running for office. It kind of makes sense. You simply go, Hollywood hates Trump. You know, they got that book fear out there. Let's go ahead and get somebody else to say something about Trump. That's all this is. So they bring up this incident where at a performance of Frozen, somebody holds up a pro-Trump banner, which is a whole other topic we'll get into. And an actor actually takes the sign from him and goes off on him. Yeah, they break that fourth character. and then The fourth of, wall, right. Yeah. They break that down. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they bring this up to her. Yes. And she comments. She's leaving dinner or something with her husband. They're both in their 90s. I think 94. <laughs> and they bring this up. I have the audio. Listen to this exchange. About the story that uh, someone brought the Trump banner to the Frozen on Broadway. Did you see that? The Trump I didn't see They it. did yeah. what? And one of the actors, uh, you know, kind of broke the fourth wall and said, hey, put the Trump banner away. This is frozen oh, on Broadway. Now, is, is, is that a proper venue for, um, you know, a, a Trumper to, to bring a, a well, banner to? Well, my answer or? to that is, oh, this is good. Where was, <laughs> no, you just, no. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? <laughs> right? Hold it, hold it, hold it. See, <laughs> John Wilkes Booth uh, was an actor who allegedly killed the president. Yes. Lincoln. Yes. Back in the 1860s. Mm -hmm. So where's John Wilkes? Tell me about Trump. Where's a guy who killed a president when you need him? An actor. (laughs) Now, I don't think she's actually serious. I mean, I'll give Maybe she really would like to see Trump killed. Maybe they all would. Maybe she would be happy to have uh, him sitting at Ford's Theater watching Our American Cousins be performed and all of a sudden 
a guy bust in and shoot him in the back of the head. Maybe she would love to. I'm going to say she didn't. I'm going to say they were just joking. They think it's kind of funny, and, uh, and that's where they're at with it. But TMZ loving this, just putting it out there. She's an actress. No reason to even talk to her about this. But then she doubles down on it. Listen. when you need him. <laughs> right? I guess, that's what you say. Now you're going to ask me who the hell John Wilkes No, I know who John Wilkes Booth <laughs> Thank is. Thank you, darling. Aren't you going to ask me who John Wilkes Booth is? I babysat his dad. You don't understand. His dad, I got to know him. He was his, uh, his son, and I uh, followed his career the whole time. Fantastic actor. Where's that guy when you need him? She's going to tell you who John Wilkes Booth is. Uh, <laughs> you notice she didn't say Lee Harvey Oswald. No. It, was, no. it wasn't of her generation. No, that was not her generation. <laughs> <laughs> where's, that, where's that John Wilkes Booth? She was sleeping during that whole period of that, Kennedy. <laughs> she had been retired by yes, then. Yes. She wasn't following the news no, as much. No. And her husband, start this over at the entire beginning. Listen to her husband. This is a stock line they've used over and over because he starts to steal her line. Yes. And then realizes, whoa, she's the actress she, here. Yes. You know, he almost threw it out there. Here you go. About the story that uh, someone brought the Trump banner to the Frozen on Broadway. Did you see that? The Trump I didn't see They it. did yeah. what? And one of the actors, uh, you know, kind of broke the fourth wall and said, hey, put the Trump banner away. This is Frozen oh, on Broadway. Now, is, is, is that a proper venue for, um, you know, a, a Trumper to, to bring a, a well, banner to? Well, my answer or? to that is, oh, this is good. Where was, no, you should <laughs> Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? <laughs> right? Do you know who that's he what is? She's... Do you know who John Wilkes Booth is? Now you're going to ask me who the hell John Wilkes is. No, I know who John Wilkes Booth <laughs> Thank is. Thank you, darling. He, he killed president. Okay. He killed Don't one. Don't Well, they'll get me for that. They won't. See, no. Where is he when you need him? He has to know. So we need to kill President Trump? Well, he did. No. What? <laughs> Why not? Now, would that get me in trouble? I don't know. It might. Will I be on, a, will <laughs> I be on, a, will I be on an enemy's list? <laughs> My God, I hope so. Yeah. You're okay with that? I'm okay. Well, that's all right. Go. Just keep me out of jail. The car's here. Or maybe not. Your car's here. <laughs> um. This is, uh, this is not so much about her killing the president. This isn't even really all that akin to, um, uh, uh, no, what's her name, uh, with the head, uh, uh, Kathy Griffith, Griffith, Kathy Griffith. It's not about that. This is more about an aging actress who's looking for a little bit of media attention. Once she realized the camera's on her and that they are loving what she's saying, she will not get in that car. She will not leave. They're there. And she just keeps playing. He's walking away. The husband's walking away. And she's just like, are they going to get me? As long as they don't put me in jail, I'm just going to keep talking. I'm ready for my close-up now, Mr. DeMille. Right? She will not get in that car. This is just about her attention. And you know what happened when she got in the car, finally. What? The first thing she said to him, how dare you upstage me like that? <laughs> That was part of my comeback tour. I've still got good years left in Hollywood. How dare, how many times have I told you when the media talks to me, get behind me. You stole my line.
Yeah, it was going to be bad for him. Going to be a horrible night for him. What's, what is this? What are, what are you doing? You know? And then the, uh, the actor who held, uh, took the, the sign, so many things going wrong here. <clears throat> You're at a performance of Frozen, and you stop and hold up a Trump 2020 banner. I, I, did you see the banner? I didn't see how big it was. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. In my, I, I have not seen any pictures. In my mind, when you say banner, I'm imagining you know three guys uh, that it takes to hold this thing up. Uh, you were right. It's one of those. Is it really big? It's one of those that three guys have to uh, use. Okay. And how close to the stage was it? Because how right are you going to grab Right in front of the stage. I'm talking so about they're front row. They're right there. Okay. And was this New York? Was this actually on Broadway? Because it says, just says, uh, or was this like the tour? It says, I think on Broadway. Yes, yeah, on Broadway. On Broadway, okay. yeah. Because yeah. I didn't realize you could stand at the, the stage. It looks like they were standing right next to the stage, right? Yeah, yeah, because this was at the end of the performance where they were about to go take a bow. Okay, this wasn't, you know, at the no, beginning. No, 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 this is not like, okay. Trump! And Elsa is singing Frozen, you know. Okay, no. still bad. But number one, why would you have a Trump banner with you? At a Broadway musical. Yeah, come on. There is just things we accept that, you know, polite in society. Yeah. You don't need to have that. I'm not saying you can't wear a shirt, wear what you want or whatever, but holding up a banner at a Broadway musical, even at the end, is ridiculous. Do you think this is going to, what, what do you think is going to happen here? What is your motivation? Yeah. You're going to endear anybody? All of those knuckleheads on Broadway, those actors and actors, oh my gosh, I've always hated Trump, but now that you held that banner during the performance, I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready I'm to in. go. It's a red wave coming up in a couple of months. <clears throat> no. All it's going to do is piss them off. So you're trying to trigger people. Is that right? Why? Why? Are you, there's not enough triggering going on. Come on. Yeah. And there's also a time and place for triggering. Yes. Because mm. now you're pissing me off and everybody else. Listen, if I was a rabid pro-Trump fan, if they held up a... You know, uh, Doc Thompson, follow him on Twitter, build my brand up. I'm going to be ticked. This is not the place for get out of my way. I'm watching the people dance about on stage. <clears throat> right? That's what they're doing there, right? Yeah, yeah. That is, let that it is. go. Let it go. He did not let it go. He did not let it go. So that's the first thing. Number two, you're on stage. Someone holds it. Have you no self-restraint? You're as bad as the knucklehead who held it up. You reach down and grab it and throw it away. And then, of course, you're so <laughs> butthurt at what? The guy held up a sign. Move the hell on. You're on Broadway, damn it. Your life's okay. <laughs> you get so butthurt that you have to take to Instagram and post a long blah bitty blah bitty blah. A long, I will not apologize for this. Shut up. I don't want to know either of you two. <laughs> His name is Timothy R. Hughes. He wrote, this is his Instagram, and okay. with a little video of it, too, of him grabbing it. It's a pretty big banner. He writes, what does it say about our country and politics when a man at the show tonight felt the need to protest Disney's Frozen on Broadway with a pro-Trump flag? That's not really a flag. No, it's not a flag. It's a banner. How frightening is it that our show's message of love, acceptance, and diversity have become the opposition to supporting Trump? Oh, uh, bro, I don't even think. By the way, he's not even a real character. He's just a, as an extra character. It's just you have no role. I don't even recognize what character you're playing. 
Oh, he wasn't like Olaf? No. He wasn't Ilsa? No. Did I get those two right? Yes. Son of a gun, I can't believe. It was okay. Olaf, but yes. What did I say? Olaf? Olf. Olf. Well, Olaf. Yeah, yeah, Olaf. I was in the right. Yeah. Yeah, then I then I actually support this now. If he's not a main he's, character, no, he's not a main. Then, then I fully support him he doing is this. You want to know why? Not a main character. Why? Because he is about to have a leading role. Oh yeah. Done. Oh yes. Oh, this is not because the guy was holding a Trump sign. This was him. This has thirty four thousand likes on Instagram. Yep. Guess what? He's about to be cast in a leading role, yep. and he is all set. At yep. least for the short run. This is this will yep. be a good career move for yes. him. Yes. But he didn't do it for that reason. Okay, all right. I just chastised the guy for holding up the sign. Said, this is not the time or place. What are you doing? This is not who we are. It's just stupid. But how dare you say, what does it say about our country when politics and man's a high blah, 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 when you and your industry and you progressives mm. have brought politics into all of this stuff? The Tony Awards yeah. that represent Broadway with anti-Trump stuff when you should be talking about here's the award for the best prancer about on stage. That's one of the awards, right? Yes. That's a, they, Is that the name they give That's it? That's the name they give it, yeah. The prancer, best prancer best about? Best prancer and jazz hands. Do they also... Oh, jazz hands another. The best jazz hands? Uh, is there a Lifetime Jazz Hands Achievement Award? Oh, Yes. Is there a prancerette about to, or yes. have we uh, torn down the genders? Oh, no, 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 no. Each, each, on this world, each gender gets it's their gender own. Each gender gets it, because, yeah. 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 Hall 182? Mm-hmm. Is it the best two-spirit prancer about? Mm-hmm. Is it like that? Yes. Okay, yes. that's a lot of awards. His industry, they ha- they will not shut up. They have brought it into all of this stuff. They will not let it go. They have, at the end of some performances stopped during their curtain call, passed the hat for pro-leftist things, and also speechified against Trump. They have done this on Broadway. They've done this with touring troops. I had them do this uh, uh, at a traveling show in Dayton, Ohio, four years ago, four and a half years ago. Not as an anti-Trump then, but a left-wing causes. This happens all the time, but now you're saying, what does it say about us? What it say is says is you're a moron for not recognizing you do first blood. <laughs> he went on to say the curtain call is a thank you between actors and audience. A final connection to the end. A shared experience. Um, as I just said, they have used this to talk about all kinds of political things. But suddenly, this is inappropriate. It's a thank you. I will not apologize for how I responded to the disrespectful man trying to interrupt this moment with a pathetic political platform. Not at our show. Not in front of my beautiful, diverse, talented cast and hashtag <laughs> at Frozen Broadway. I appreciate everyone's support. Hashtag resist. Hashtag love wins. Hashtag love Trump's hate. Hashtag I'm a douchebag. Hashtag I am uh, have a double standard. Hashtag hypocrisy wins. Hashtag Broadway sucks. Hashtag get out and vote. Hashtag blue wave. Hashtag make sure to support things for that are progressive cause so I can continue to further my political agenda. <laughs> he says, not in front of my beautiful, not in front of my beautiful, diverse, diverse cast. cast, not on my watch as an extra. <laughs> Who puts that? Who literally puts that in front of my beautiful, div- diverse? I think I know cast. what's going on. I think some of these people might be their diet. 
I think it's a bad diet. For example, when I was on the Whole30, okay. um, I noticed, um, you know, just going about my life, as soon as I stopped, I didn't know, like, notice any significant change. But as soon as I stopped, I was like, man, I just don't feel as good. Mm. I need things back in. The problem with eating well, you don't realize that you feel better. You just realize when you feel like hell when you stop, which is really horrible. Shouldn't I be like, I feel great? No, it's yeah. only the downside. It's backwards. So I'm wondering if maybe they're just not eating right. It's causing them. It's triggering I them like this. I see that, yeah. What is right outside those doors? Of the theater. Fast food. All kinds of really unhealthy stuff. Yeah. All over the place. I mean, right around the corner, you get a slice and another slice, yeah. right? I mean, there it is. So, just wondering. Maybe if they incorporated some extra vegetables in their diet, they'd be all set. Oh, so they need some uh, field of greens. That's what I'm thinking because, see, if you go, it's a, it really is a healthy food desert in places in New York and Manhattan. A lot of pizza, stuff like that, but that's not as healthy. And okay. you're working these long hours slaving away on a stage so you may not be able to run out and get some vegetables <laughs> if you carry the little field of greens the little jar field of yeah. greens like we have here you take it to work keep it at home you take a scoop of real vegetables just in a different form mix it with some sort of liquid drink it down it's a full serving of your fruits and vegetables it's wonderful for you it's great for kids who don't want to eat their vegetables because they don't like them you just slip them a mickey i'm sorry Let's edit that out. No, you, you just tell them put it's this Hulk into juice. their liquid. It's Hulk juice or mix it in so yeah. they're getting it. It's Field of Greens. Look for it today at BrickHouseDoc.com. BrickHouseDoc.com. The next generation of talk radio. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. No, what are you doing? What are you doing this for? What? I'm about to give Mordecai some serious props. I know. About I, to, and then he just blows it. What are you talking about? Why did I tell you to sit down here? Yes. Why? Uh, did you why say, what did yes, you say that I said I want to talk about this? That's a great point. Because I came <clears throat> when well, I was in the other room and I was listening to you say that they mentioned that this the isn't actors. the time and place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Not actors are thing. That this wasn't the time and place to yeah, do don't be anything political. like that. Right. Of course. So why do you do it at the football games? Right. Why are the leftists out there? And I was like, that's a great point. You're right. That's the time and place during the national anthem, but not why you're getting your kudos. Right. And I was like, this is such a great point. And the second before we goes on, we go on. Actually, literally, that second, because I second. couldn't have replied. No, 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 no. Ask Kirk. <laughs> ask the Kirk. second. No, ask Kirk. What? What that, you're about to? Yeah. Well, I'll ask him in a second. Uh, I, he looks over at the television that's scrolling something about the former FBI uh, agent Strock. Strock, yeah. And he goes, "Is that Strock? How do you? Is the Z silent? Is that? What do you? Now, see, you work, you work here. You work in the media. We cover topical things. Strock is and Strock kind of been was out like there. for like a whole week. I know. Week. We talked about him for a very long time. And you just now, a month later, are like, there's a Z in there. <laughs> How do you say that? It's just I always knew there was a Z uh, in there. Now, what am I supposed to ask, ask Kirk Jones? How to say his name. Or, you know or say if it? he knew. But Kirk, you do ruined you know how to say it? Yeah, it's Zock. The Z. Huh? It's Zock. Oh, Zock. He said Zock? Yeah. 
Okay. Were you guys wondering right. it was Zach? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, okay. it yes, they were. They were in there no. like Zach. Zach. I think it's Strazak. 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 Yeah. Strazak. I think that's it. That's definitely not it. So wow, that was you were wow. so close. Were, I'm just gonna, it was almost a Mordecai production today. Oh. It was so there, yeah, it would have been a Mordecai production if you would have just oh, great. keep your mouth shut. Here we go again. All right, you were right there. Like, literally, I was like, wow, that's a great point about the NFL players. That's the time and yes. place for it. I was like, wow, okay. Like, wow, Mordecai's <laughs> growing. He's doing. No. Nailed you, it, Mordecai. How do you pronounce that? Trump? Trump. Is that what it is? Trump? Trump. Uh, I thought Wait, that was a fruit. Trump. He wasn't a senator or something? <laughs> he had a TV show? Billionaire? <laughs> Trump steaks? What? What's going on with Trump in Russia? <laughs> Trombaka? He liked to be peed on. What? What are you? Steel dossier? What? What are you talking about? So close, Mordecai. So that close. close. A little more research. You'll be all set. Yes. All right, get the tweets Thanks, in. Man. Hashtag what I learned today. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Get some uh, tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. Uh, you guys think it's saying, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Maybe there was an emergency. Maybe Doc and Chris are sitting at home. Um, relation, uh, relation, the fact that they're ignoring 9-11 and loving the fact that people died. Maybe they're at a memorial for it instead of bitching that no one on radio is talking about it or will talk about it today. Maybe this is leftover material set aside for a pre-recorded show and they didn't know it. It will play today. I don't know. SMW. So many words. Was that one? That was, uh, well, that was two. That was a thread. Um, yeah, this is, um, no, this is September 11th. Yes. 2018. Yes. Is uh, we're here live. Yes. Otherwise, how could we have read a tweet like that? There's no way we would have read that or planned that with Stinky. Yeah. We wouldn't have had him, you know, tweet that out and schedule it. Yes. So then we could discuss this. Mm-hmm. That would be a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have done that. Do you have any yeah. others uh, I that do. were not scheduled that we didn't talk to uh, ahead of time? I do. I do. Uh, Brutus saying those those guys had a Trump 2020 banner, especially at the Broadway musical. Is because the cast of Hamilton, and I remember this, broke the fourth wall to heckle Vice President Pence. You're right. And praise and laughed for it. And De Niro did it at the Tony's Awards again. Yeah, I mentioned the awards, but you're right. Yeah. I forgot that they actually they broke heckled the f- yeah. Trump and his wife. Not Trump. Uh, Vice I mean, uh, Pence. Yes. I remember that. I was, I I was forg- trying to think. You know what? You're right. Who is that? Um, uh, Brodus. Brodus, thank you for working with us and scheduling that ahead of time. Yes, yes. Um, 
No, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. So you know what? They have brought it uh, uh, on themselves. Mm -hmm. I still think it's wrong. I mean, you know, you still shouldn't do those things. Two wrongs don't make a right. But how dare you bitch about it when guess what? It was, it's on you. You, you guys started this. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that guy, but you guys started this. Right. Exactly. This is, um, Steven English saying, how dare you? My roommate, Bob, hold up a Trump banner sign at the end of my show. Just promote and further my career. <laughs> my roommate, Bob. Imagine, uh, imagine that. Imagine if it was like someone related to the guy. Okay, I'm going to get you a front row ticket. It's expensive. Oh, yes. But I need you right Thank down you. there. Thank you. You hold this. Make sure you're over to the left because that's my block. Oh, that's where you're going to be? I'm over stage. Well, stage right. But oh, it's, okay. Yeah, but, it's but to my the left. To the left okay. over there. And you stand right there. And you got to right hold it up. I can't lean too much. It's got to be good oh, acting. Oh, okay. See, okay. you're Bob. You're not an actor like I am. So you got to practice. Yes. Okay, we're going to rehearse this, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's three a day rehearsals for the mm-hmm. next month. Mm. That's that's what we're gonna be doing. No, closer to the stage, Bob. <laughs> you see, I almost fell. I, I almost fell. fell. And okay, who's gonna film this for us? <laughs> we get we get uh, Jackie up and up all up the way. Up. I, we just put. I want to shoot. I want a three camera shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Nosebleed section all the way up there. Uh, yeah. You got uh, speaking doc saying I'm done. Somebody tweet me if they even mentioned the death of almost 3,000 people. If what? What was that? Uh, speaking Doc saying, I am done. Somebody tweet me if they even mentioned the death of almost 3,000 people that they seem to have completely forgotten. You know, because I didn't lead the show with this does not mean I do not care or I was not planning to mention it. The fact is, um, we are very close to exactly 17 years away. Yes. Exactly. The first plane hit the World Trade Center at just prior to 9 o'clock. If I remember right, it was like 848, something like this. I thought it might be nice if I mentioning it, I'll mention it a little bit later. But because you are so triggered by this, what the hell is wrong with you? I have to mention this knowing that everybody else is going to mention on top of it. Oh. And I was going to at least mention it. Yeah. Somehow, I don't care about those 3,000 people. And I had to do it on the 17th anniversary. 17. Does it have to be mentioned every year? Because I got to tell you, I didn't mention it last year. Yeah. And did everybody else? Why is this year so triggering to people all of a sudden? It's not the 20th. I don't know. It's horrible. It's reprehensible. I covered this in real time in Cleveland when we thought one of the planes, the one that ended up in Shanksville, was going to fly into something in Cleveland. I mean, seriously, you're pissed at that? I had somebody go off on me, Hyperion or somebody yesterday, because I didn't mention Mm. what he described were the top Top 10 10 stories stories that day. And four of them had directly to do with Alex Jones being denied on social media. Even though I think Alex Jones is an ass. I give him credit for building a career and and getting rich and famous. Good for you. Good for you. I think if I met Alex, I would not like him. He's an ass. He's a blowhard. It's all conspiracy theories with nothing to back this stuff up. And it's all about Alex Jones. Anything going on in the news. Yeah, folks, it's 9-11, but let me tell you about me. That's what it's about. Yet, I still defended him. Because it's not right for the medium to treat him that way. And because I didn't mention over the weekend 
the most recent examples of him being denied using my platform to promote him, you're triggered that I'm not doing my job. One of the other ones the, of the 10 that I didn't mention <laughs> was the hurricane. What, what am I going to say about the hurricane? It's coming. You don't know what to do with the hurricane? It's being covered at nauseum everywhere else. What should I say? People of what? Now, South Carolina? Yeah, South Carolina, North Carolina, Put Virginia. board on your windows. Leave the area. Is there anything else to the story? I don't have radar that I can show you on radar, on, on radio. Doesn't work that way. The hurricane is coming. Do we know if it's going to hit? No. Have I helped when there have been natural disasters? Yes, I always do. You don't know that you can go to uh, mercuryone.org and donate knowing that likely people are going to be displaced. Yeah. Do you think I won't mention it when people are hurt? When there is more to the story other than a hurricane coming that, by the way, may end up missing. Yeah. They often do that. Yeah. So I should mention every tropical storm that that starts out in the middle of the Atlantic that may never even reach hurricane status. And if it does, often won't hit land. For 10 years, I would have been mentioned in hurricanes when not one of them made landfall in the U.S. Buy bread, buy milk, buy eggs, buy water, and board up your windows if you're staying. I suggest you leave the area. We good? We get that down? We get that I cover down. it now? And by the way, just so you get What the you- hell is the matter with people? Yeah. I am really... Are you not... Are you, do you like the coverage that you get everywhere else? Do you want three hours of 9-11 coverage? Because I'll do it. Do you think I don't care? I don't get it? I don't understand? I will. You don't think Glenn's going to mention it today? Yeah. My golly. I don't know how you guys are dealing with the rest of this stuff, but I get really, really frustrated by all of this crap, and that's what I see in the media. That's the reason we often take a slightly different approach. Speaking duck, squelching duck, whatever you are today, sorry to lose you, man. But if you're that damn triggered, it's probably best you're not here. Seriously. I get it. If, if we're not giving you what you want, you go elsewhere. That's it. I hate to lose you. But you know what we do. We mock these asses in the news. That's what we do. That's what we lead with. That's the fastball. Secondarily, the changeup. We give you news and information and probably crap that's going to anger you because it pisses us off too. That's everybody else's lead story today. What pisses you off? <laughs> yesterday, what was it? Oh, <clears throat> yesterday I played Jim Carrey. Yes. I dared to give people a different angle and more to the story when everybody else, when Fox News ran a loop of Jim going, You got to just take socialism, the name and everything else. It's the best. And showed you how awful and wrong that is. But there's a little more to what Jim said. Did you get that from Fox? Instead, you got these dolts, these three dolts sitting there in the morning saying the same talking points crap. Is that really what you want? Do you want the conspiracy theories out of Alex Jones? Are you really as bad as the progressives? Because I got to tell you, if that's it, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm I'm being really serious here. 
I take criticism. I'm fine with that. I deal with it. I mock myself more than anybody else. And yeah, I screw things up and I miss it. But you're now that triggered because I didn't cover Alex Jones, the hurricane, and 9-11 yet. So you were sitting around waiting all damn night that you're not going to be fulfilled until I discuss 9-11. That's it, right? That, that's yes. it? Yes. So I should have led with it? Is that it? Or should I have done entire three hours on 9-11? <clears throat> wow. By the way, I was planning on mentioning 9-11, even though I don't do it every year. Yeah. Um, from a slightly different angle, right before or right about the time the first plane would have hit, towards mm-hmm. the end of the show, in the last half hour. Now, I won't, because I'm mentioning it here. And I had... An interesting take that for some reason, even though the last couple of years, even on the 15th anniversary, people were not as, uh, it was not as forefront of people's minds. I don't know why now. It's a natural plateau. Things in the media, people wanting to remember, or if we're all shocked, like I was in the last couple of days, holy crap, it's been 17 years. Yeah. Last night... I text my 16-year-old son, and I texted him 17 years ago right now. It was the night before 9-11. 17 years ago right now, your mom and I were at the pretty new Cleveland Brown Stadium for a charity event. I walked in, saw some of my coworkers, and we had a fantastic evening. The next morning... The weather was perfect. The perfect day. Blue skies and perfect temperatures in Cleveland, Ohio, which doesn't happen very often. I went on to explain to him via text. We had just moved to our new studios in Independence, Ohio, south of Cleveland. Because it was so new, we didn't even have televisions to monitor things. We were only the second station to move in in a group of stations that they were bringing together. At about 8.50, 8.55, a news person came running down the hall to tell us a plane had hit the World Trade Center. I whispered to Jimmy Malone, my co-anchor, terrorism? And he just kind of shook his head and said, yeah, probably not. A few minutes later, a report came in that a second plane had hit the World Trade Center. And Jimmy looked at me with shock and fear and just nodded his head as if to say, yeah, It's terrorism, and this is bad. That's what I sent him last night, and then went on to explain how I was worried that his mom was in downtown Cleveland, and we had lost track of the plane, and just laid this out. Just a long, unsolicited text message, because yes, I was thinking about 9-11, the victims, and what we all went through. He responded, wow, I knew the story of the new office in 9-11, but it never gets old. That's weird that you were um, downtown the day before the people saw the plane uh, or were worried about the plane being downtown and his mom was down there and we went back and forth about a little bit. So that's what I was planning on sharing. 
I just, uh, I really don't know. It's been difficult over the last couple of years. It was difficult leading up to Trump's election to be somebody of principle and character that did not just go out and campaign for Ted Cruz or somebody else that we loved, that was even willing to hold Ted Cruz's failures uh, accountable in him for him, that Ted Cruz did not have a solid economic plan. He had a bunch of blanket things online. And yet still call out Trump that everybody was getting on board to see that the divide is you're either with us or against us. It was difficult enough to navigate those waters during the election and hold true to our character and say, we're going to call them like we see them. With so many what I thought were reasonable people during the Tea Party years that I stood on stage with and campaigned and fought for things like a balanced budget amendment and auditing the feds and fought against Obamacare and stuff, that those people were suddenly so blind to any of Trump's past, that was difficult enough. And after the election, those people, ha ha, you're just trying to take him down like Glenn Beck. No, Glenn has his opinions and had his opinions on Trump and Cruz, and I did as well. We happen to share some of the opinions that there's some things in his past that are wrong. And I laid those out, and that was difficult to be the person speaking the truth. Because the further we get away from the truth, the more people are going to hate to hear it. And that's apparently where we're at now. I thought that um, we had gotten beyond some of that stuff, but I don't think so. Now, as of the last couple of days and seeing the comments, I just don't know what to do. I mean, I'm at a point where I don't, uh, I'm wondering if there's a place for me, and I'm not kidding. I've started an entire second show and a platform to try to grow into some different things. And uh, because... You have to be entrepreneurial minded on some level as we've preached for years. And it's been difficult because it's difficult to start companies. We've, we've gone over and over that and tried to help people offering free commercials and a platform. And that's one of the things we've gone and done. But honestly, in the last couple of days to see what's out there, to see how people are acting, I don't know if what we say and do, if there's even a place for it anymore. I don't even think it matters. It doesn't. No, I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, absolutely not. Helping people, no. no. It's unless you are Trump, 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 or no Trump, no Trump, no Trump, as an example. It's not just Trump, but that's just the obvious go-to. You have no Um, place. there's, There's no place in it. No, there's no place for you. Unless you are blindly defending bad because it comes from your people, whatever side you're on. I don't know if there's a place. I say this out of fear. I have done this my career and built to a place where I had hoped I could take a couple of extra steps. I don't know. In the last couple of weeks, I have seriously considered other options, even launching the other platform over there. I'll roll the dice and see what happens. But honestly, it's probably pretty close to me going out and delivering Uber Eats. Or what's, what are the knockoff ones? DoorDash DoorDash one of those (laughs) I'm not kidding Uh, I've told my wife this my stress level in the last six months has been off the charts because of stuff like this to try to navigate these waters keep a job here launch another platform and deal with all of this crap has been like never before honestly I've told my wife I, I just don't know anymore I don't even feel human physically mentally 
yeah. emotionally. I do not feel human. I feel like I, I'm in a different body or something like this. Or I can't even describe what the stress. I've had health issues that I won't even go into. I've been to the doctor. And what's worse, I know there's a couple of tests I have to go into, in for. I can't afford them. I can't go in just some basic tests, nor do I have the time, nor do I want to hear about no. them. I've never understood when people say, I don't want to go to the doctor because they'll tell me what's wrong. I've never understood that because I'm like, well, go because they can help it. No. You want to know why? Because if I go, I can't change it. Mm-mm. If they say there's a pill for it, I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. It's all come to that crescendo in the last months. And every weekend when I should be able to get away, but I can't get away from it because it's everything we all deal with. And then all of this. And then I get, you didn't mention 9-11. You don't care about those people. Okay, great. All right. I'm going to get a break in and go get some more coffee. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. You know, Doc Thompson does hold a record for something. The most career firings in a lifetime. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. (laughs) For now. The iTarget Pro system is waiting for you at iTargetPro.com. I was uh, planning on uh, doing some shooting last night around here and then realized I left my (laughs) system at at home. So I wasn't able to do it. You're not going to have it here. Well, it's difficult to travel, though. Sometimes yes. I have with a with firearm, but mm-hmm. it's just such a pain because all the laws are different. And, and I go through multiple in, states, yeah. and then it's like, okay, is this one you have to put it in the lockbox in the trunk, and this one you have to separate the ammo <laughs> the, and all these, the, and some the, it can be in the... Have you ever seen the different laws? Yeah. Try with the gun. This is part of, the, this uh, is part of their plan to keep to us keep from you, having... Yes. Because yes. if you're in your town, and not every law is different... It is difficult to just go, okay, I'm going to go to the store today mm-hmm. and uh, just pick up some groceries. And then after that, I'm going to stop off and uh, pick up the mail or mail something, a package at the post office. And then I'm going to stop at uh, Target and pick up whatever. Just a couple little things around town. All of the stores and places you go into are different, whether or not you can carry a gun. And then you're like, okay, I'll just leave it in the car. Okay, you leave it in the car. What does the law say? In your, well, it's got to be separated and you have to put it in the whatever. So then you get back on, you put it back. What do you do? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know in Florida, you keep the gun in the trunk. Right. And the magazine somewhere in the front, either middle console or glove compartment. Going to be great if you're carjacked. How is that going to help Guy me? pulls a gun. You know what? Oh, hold hold on. it. I'm packing here. <laughs> Let me just Let get me assemble out, it. open the trunk, put it together, <laughs> hold it right there. This is bad for you. Or vice you're not actually able to protect yourself. No, this no. is stupid. Yes. Anyways, that's one of my frustrations as well. If you want, though, to protect yourself and be as good at it as possible, try the iTarget Pro system. It's at iTargetPro.com. You are going to love it. It's an opportunity for you to dry fire but actually know how well you're doing. See, Americans love our – we love our guns. Have you ever watched a video, though, of people in a gunfight? We all think – in a, in a firefight situation that we'd be able to handle it. But even police officers, we know, often it's like he fired 57 rounds and hit the guy once, 
right? You know, Chris, the cop, and that's nothing against them. It's no. all it takes is that little adrenaline spike and your hand to waver oh, you an cannot. inch and you're not hitting them. That's which, how it is. Which is why when they do drills with us, they make us like run like a mile. So you're, go. Yeah. And they put I you go run those, again. Yeah. Oh, no, go not back. Not fire, not fire. Go, yep. yeah. Um, so it's not enough to buy a gun and assume that you're going to be ready. You have to practice, 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 practice with the iTarget Pro system. Utilizing your smartphone, their proprietary app tracks a caliber-specific laser which fits your firearm and will detect uh, exactly where your shots are going. It works great. You'll love it. Right now, you can save 10% with the promo code DOC. It's promo code DOC. Just go to iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. Uh, Chad, <laughs> who the... <laughs> so you got very personal between you and your son right there, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, uh, hashtag what I learned today. Obviously, Doc's son does not listen to the show because his text back should have been SMW. So many words. <laughs> I know. No, it really was. I thought that too. This is That was one of those things as a parent that you know what you're doing. When I did, I was like, well, it wasn't a tweet. That was good. No, but as I texted him, I was, and I was just inspired because I, I looked up the clock and I was like 17, I was looking at the story on 9-11, mm-hmm. a story on 9-11. And I looked at the clock and I go, I know exactly where I was the night before. It was, mm-hmm. it was a great night and the perfect morning, which doesn't happen very often, especially mm-hmm. in Cleveland. And I go, uh, so I started texting him. And as I'm writing this, I got a sentence in and I was like, damn, no teenager wants this crap. Nobody <laughs> wants it. But as a parent, I realize you throw have, it all yes, out there, yes. and they're going to absorb a yes. certain percentage. Yes. I don't know how much, 10%. Yes. I said before, you put it out there, and they may absorb it in 20 years down the road. They'll, they'll be able to recall a piece of it. And you go, okay, great. So you put it out there, even though I know he was like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> whatever, old man. That's fine. Uh, you got uh, Oklahoma Tomcat saying, people, Doc is not a news reporter. He's a commentator. He talks about <laughs> things that people are doing that that way we can either laugh or get mad at. That's it. That's the shtick. I don't know. I don't know if it matters anymore, but okay. Um, we got more of something coming up. It's probably not going to be anything you want. But, oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it is not want. something you want. It'll be something, though. Yes, I don't even know what it is at this We're point. We're just going to throw it format. out. I'll it, if it sticks, The Morning it Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. If you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. The country has been pushed to the limit. Our political bonds have been torn apart. We need a true leader who can save us from certain doom. (laughs) Unfortunately, we could only find this guy. Hey, it's Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. For tickets, VIP packages, and more, visit glennbeck.com. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Yep. All right, here we go. 
Doc Thompson and Chris Cruz on the Morning Blaze. To get a chance, please tweet at the broadcast with the hashtag What I Learned Today. Patriot Mobile is waiting for you to sign up today. If you haven't already signed up, please do so immediately. They have a great deal because uh, coming up, one uh, actually Monday is the anniversary of the uh, signing of the Constitution. September 17th, 1787, members of Congress signed the U.S. Constitution, which of course defined our government and guarantees our rights. Now, of course, they couldn't have imagined cell phones, but they did enshrine in the Constitution the First Amendment, and that's the reason Patriot Mobile wants to celebrate by offering you a first month of service for just $17.87, which is better than $1,700. I mean, that's a little bit better. That was your idea. And, uh, I know, and they were like, down. Doc, I think we could do a little bit better. Sign up today, $17.87 for your first month of service. Their deals are always great. Plus, they're going to throw in a free pocket constitution. Sign up today at 1-800-APATRIOT. That's 800-APATRIOT. Or, of course, you can go to patriotmobile.com slash doc. patriotmobile.com slash doc. All right, I have a little piece of audio to play. Before I get to it, I want to introduce uh, Riaz Patel. How are you, sir? I'm good. Hi, guys. Riaz is uh, our old friend. Long oh, time not, friend. He's not that old. Long time. You can't call gay people old. They get so sensitive. Gay, look at this. I did, within seconds, it's got to come up. I know. Why Why does it come up I know. so fast? We have to I'm identify so proud. who you are. I'm so, I'm so proud. <laughs> You're our gay friend. You're our gay friend. friend. You know, we're oh, so proud yeah. of this, okay? I've done this my whole life where I get paraded as the gay friend. <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing new. It's a role you're comfortable. Shopping with us. Why don't you come to our house? It's like I just meet someone and they're like, come be my best friend. I'll tell you all my feelings and give me and I'm like we met four and a half seconds ago I want to tell you about all the boys in my life that are wronging I, me I, I know understand. so many feelings right, so many feelings keep them there. to yourselves <laughs> Although, to, to uh, help people remember who you are you're the guy who wrote the um, the op-ed piece I think so yeah op-ed yeah. piece was that the day, the morning of the election? The morning after the election. After it was election. just after the election. Which was an amazing piece. It really was, Riaz. I think you laid it out, and I think that's uh, what people are missing right now. Riaz is uh, politically very different than we are, but oh, yes. realized, okay, maybe people aren't all evil on the other side. I got to figure something out, which is kind of the clip we played of Jim Carrey yesterday. I don't mm. know if you heard the or saw the real time with Bill Maher. I didn't know. So the clip that was going around all weekend, Jim Carrey was like, we've got to accept the word socialism and all things socialism. Yeah. Which, of course, is a huge trigger for me and a lot of people, and there's a lot of bad with that. But Fox News, it was pretty much on a loop, and everybody was you know, blasting it, and I was triggered by it. But he said something else. He said, we've got to get beyond this thing that you are your vote. You know, how you voted defines you completely. Number two, just because somebody voted Republican doesn't mean that they're stupid mm-hmm. or wrong or hateful, whatever went down this list. And he's like, even though I don't appreciate Trump, I can break bread with anybody that um, you know, voted for Trump yeah. and we can find common ground even, not even compromise, common ground. And I was like, okay, so there's a little more to it. I don't know how sincere he is about that, but that's the right attitude, and that was kind of your message, right? Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think that's what, what I've been doing lately is going down this whole path of in this divide, playing in this divide, telling stories and all. Why are people disconnecting? Why are people editing their friend list? And so I, I totally agree. I, I think there's this binary us, them, either, or good versus evil is so not helpful to any of the problems. We still have the problems, and now we're just yelling at each other. <laughs> right, it's amazing. Like, I think about this this taking a knee, and I'm like, I, t- I hear both sides. At a certain point, that was to bring attention to X. 
we never talk about X. Like the the, the stuff now that it's he's just the kneeling. Now it's just about the right. knee, the flag, Trump's tweets, and I'm like, mm-hmm. but we've pivoted from the actual problem. So I'm about. How do we all sit down together? Because the problems are the same. Mm-hmm. They're identical. Mm-hmm. And I do not believe my approach is the right one. I don't believe yours is necessarily the right one. But somewhere in the middle is going to be the compromise. That's going to be the gray area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny with the kneeling, too, because I don't think people it, – it's just a great example of how people are not understanding. It's not – we say the word trigger. Well, it yes. triggers the person. Why does it trigger them? It triggers them because something makes them feel really bad. Yeah. It could be it could be fake. It, it, you're viewing it wrong. That's fine. But the point is, a fellow human being, an American, is like, "Hey, this is really bothering me here." Yeah, yeah. So let's start there. Yeah. Maybe you're over emotional. Maybe you're missing something about it. But you're still bothered by it, right? I mean, the, the triggers happen too fast. I say socialist restrictions. Boom. On my side, if you say a, a number of words, hundreds and hundreds of words, you could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're so sensitive to words. I think liberals are very sensitive to words. I think conservatives are more sensitive to symbols. The, the flag, the government, symbols are very important. Neither is better. But as I spend more time with each side, I'm like, wait a minute. One side really, really is sensitive to words. Labels, words hurt us. We've been called a lot of words, gay. You know, all right. the bad words, of Muslim immigrant, blah, blah, all that stuff. So I'm very sensitive to words, more so than maybe you might be but there are symbols interesting that i think i find conservatives the flag is a symbol it's above all of us to me you know obviously i respect the flag but it's not a trigger for me i think we have parallel ways of being triggered that can make us understand each other the exact way you feel about socialist is the exact way i think someone would say about the word black as opposed to african-american it's triggery I'm just saying, let's not be so triggery around each other because the thing is if we sit down to a conversation and in four seconds you've triggered me I'm no longer listening. I'm just waiting to attack you. Right. I'm waiting to speak. And I think that is the biggest problem is people are literally, because posting, you don't listen when you're posting. There's no listening. So the listening part is gone. Ideally, if you're having a conversation, I speak, you nod and listen as you both are right now, and then you will speak and I will do the same. That is the simple, simple thing. And I think that's... We're faking it well. You're faking it beautifully. By the way, I always forget this is the only place in the world that I walk in and I get served a glass of black water. (laughs) And I... I, I, You you kept pointing it. I'm like, no, no, I don't want coffee. And you're like, no, it's your water. And I'm like, oh, yes. Just drink it. In this weird zone, it's black water. (laughs) Weird zone, by the way, you're right, because this is the only show that offers that. That's right. We're just so bougie that way. (laughs) (laughs) I I felt very bougie since I've been here. So, no, that's a great point, Riaz. I hadn't thought about it that way. I know that from my perspective and people that think like me you're right the flag isn't it's it's not the national anthem i mean people yeah. it's it means america and it means people who died for america yes. it's it's an entire instant backstory it's emotion it's it's all of that tied up we all have a story to it and conservatives generally have i would say as i talk to more and more people an attachment to the military either by serving right. or and so for them that flag is symbolically without question. above anything because people have died protecting it right. whereas for liberals I don't know that many people have gone and died for the flag, and so they don't have that. It's not infused with that much emotion, right. but it is valid. I get yeah. it. Both so, sides. So put it on the do. Uh, let's put make that parallel sure. even more pronounced. So I say I'm trying to think of a of a word um, something that would be pro. I guess this would be anti. I guess I'll have to say okay, kneeling for the flag. Yeah, yeah. Um, gay fag. Mm. Right. I may even say that as a joke. Right. 
oh, this guy's gay, blah, 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 and you tell a joke or whatever. You hear that, boom, instant trigger. I hear kneel for the flag or, or, or during the flag, instant trigger. Those I, are that, that is what because I, it's yes. words, and, and that's a backstory. So gay or Means whatever. A, it hurts me because there's stories. Well, not the so gay the, part, but you said, if you said fag. fag that, yeah. that would be something that I'm like, I remember being called that, gosh, from ages 8 to 20 at right. various points. So it's very emotional for me. It's infused with more emotion as a word than words might be for so you. So it's all stories tied to those scenarios. That's what triggers us. Right. It, what triggers us because everything that I see in my life is seen through the point of view of the thousands and thousands of days I've looked at the world through my mm-hmm. eyes. Same with you. I couldn't, I couldn't see the world. You, God, I would not want to work, see the world the way you do, Doc Thompson. That no, would be you don't scary, want to. It's scary. crazy. But you see the world a certain way. Mm-hmm. When we talk, I am trying to figure out your thousands of days and your and vice versa. How could you possibly have the same reaction to the word fag when you've never been called it your whole life? Right. And I have the flag. Obviously, I, it's deeply respectful to me, but I've never understood someone dying to actually plant a flag on a hill in Vietnam. I right. can't understand that. So, but I have to defer to you because it's your life experience right. and vice versa. And it's not that hard. Wow, it's that's just really. Not I just. I never hard. thought about it. That yeah. Where's the bell on that? Damn it! Someone's gonna call us out for not billing that. Um, I got yes. belled. Especially, yeah. whoa, and that one deserves a belt. The gay man says it's not that hard. It's going to get a belt. <laughs> I, did, I okay. didn't even hear the innuendo. So, you guys are gifted. I know, it's nonstop. <laughs> innuendo is also kind of an innuendo, innuendo. just so you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The two of you, when you look together and laugh at each other, it's it really is like fun. watching a couple that's been together for 70 years. It's nice. very sweet. But not, not necessarily gay, I'm saying. Not necessarily. Well, we're okay. We're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're comfortable. No, it's funny too, and that's the reason why. Uh, if if I say if I uh, say something, it's a joke or it's satire or whatever, and you go, no, you understand that's that's really offensive, and I say get over it. I mean, that's to me, gonna be. If you told me to get over it, I think that would be as opposed to ooh, why? Right. I mean, to me, I always want to know why, as opposed to I think the natural response from people is, oh, sorry, 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 but no one learned anything. Yeah. So what about what about if uh, I'm trying to give a scenario? Is there a time and place as well? Even if I, so if I say a joke that happens to have a word or an idea that triggers you, uh, is there a, okay, I know Doc doesn't mean it that way. Hundred To me, I have had people ask me, does your family drive cabs or own 7-Elevens? And I've not been offended <laughs> because they asked out of complete actual not right, knowing. Right, right, And by the way, so. And your dad was a doctor. And my dad way. was a surgeon, yeah. Right. So, but by the way, if you were starting as a joke, I would get it was a joke. Okay. And I think a sense of humor is a hugely mm-hmm. important thing. I mean, uh, the world mm-hmm. is kind of crumbling in some ways. Mm-hmm. And if we don't look at it and laugh and come together and say, okay, how do we fix the crumbling? That's the important stuff. I think the humor I, here is hugely important. Because on my side, even things that I know would be a trigger. I mean, like, Jesus is a trigger. You don't you don't joke about Jesus. Yeah. You don't make jokes about it. In my house, oh my gosh, growing up, that's, yeah, yeah. that's that's a line. And my parents joked about a lot of stuff. There's whatever. I can still joke about Jesus. Yeah. What's the joke? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it... First of all, is it funny? If it's not funny, let's just Well, stop. that's a whole different conversation. That's I mean, all that, funny. Because to me, a yeah. joke that's not funny is just a sentence. Right. <laughs> but I mean, an offensive. You, you an know, offensive sentence. A lot of stereotype country folk that are out there going, all right, these two gays. Yeah. And it's like, 
there was really no punchline, which leads me to believe you just wanted to be wanted mean. To, yes. Or you just wanted to right. talk about gays. Or what's wanted, that about? Exactly. Like, what's that I about? saw that Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> three times. Three times. Why three and times? I disgusting every time. <laughs> okay. I brought some friends to watch the disgusting disgusting? <laughs> but Close, I, lifelong friends. I think a sense of humor is key. I... I, I think I like talking about white people sometimes. I like talking about white people. Yeah. So my point is, you can mock even the stuff that I am and believe and hold sacred. Number one is, is it funny so I know you weren't just being an ass? Right. Number two, do I have other reasons to believe you were being an ass? And what, what's your intention? I can tell from right. the moment you... Are you doing it so we can laugh together or are you laughing at right. me? Right. I can tell that by the way you delivered it. Yeah. And your eyes. And that, that's the problem mm-hmm. I feel is... When we're not talking face to face, we're not looking each other in the eyes, we can't gauge intention, which is why these posts go off the rails. I've seen, I've literally seen posts go off and I'm like, wait, 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 oh, whoa, 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 tone, tone, tone. You don't know what the tone was. Right. I feel stupid sometimes that, I, that I'm that i laying out like it's ruining the joke where I'm like, hey, I'm joking, winking yes, a emoji. joke is coming. A right. joke is about to Here, arrive. This is only a joke. It was parody. I feel that all the time. Like if I watch Family Guy, you ever see Family Guy? Oh, God, Family? yes. Family Guy has some amazingly funny scenes. Yes. Amazingly funny. And there's some where he blasts religion and yeah. Jesus, whatever. And there's parts of it, some of them that I've been like, that's hilarious. And others I was like, yeah, that's just you being an ass. Yeah. That's really you, your anti-Christian well, bias. When you're on the, uh, it's funny you went anti-Christian bias. And I'm like, right. is it or is, are we always playing in this line? Like I'm amazed when people go to roasts, you know, comedy mm-hmm. roasts, and they're offended. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you expecting? A that's roast by its nature <laughs> is offensive. And so to me, I guess Family Guy by its nature is, is offensive. Of, right. So when I think you're like, that's an anti-Christian or that's anti-gay and that's, that's a right. you know white majority thinking, I'm like, Yes, or it's a bunch of writers in the room being like, what's funny? Yeah. What's funny? But even even if I'm like personally bothered by that, I'm not protesting. I'm not. I'll never watch this. I just get through the scene and move on and get to the funny stuff. But but I would say I'm in Hollywood all the time. That's why I live and work for 20 years. I've never heard an anti-Christian bias. Yeah. Never. Not in a meeting, not in a conversation, not in a we need more Jews here, we need more Muslims here, or those. I've never heard it. What I've heard is the... The, the looking down at the flyover states. That's the thing that I've always hated. Interesting. The That's, flyover that makes states. Sense, yeah. But I'm not an anti-Christian so much as they're like, oh, those people in the middle. Yeah. But that I even I think after the election, people are like, oh, those people in the middle have a voice and we should probably listen to them. By the way, when I go to those horror movies, I'm often offended because they're so scary. You know, I'm so offended. They're so scary. Why are you? You're... No, I mean that's the joke. Of, oh, you know, I see. But it wasn't a joke. It was a sentence. It was wasn't a it? sentence. It was because it didn't quite land the right way. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. The experience. So embarrassing. I know. I know. You I know. are so embarrassing. No, 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 no. Why are you embarrassing? Comedy me takes vulnerability. <laughs> Everyone's that's pretty. Right. Everyone's Very pretty. Very sensitive here. Very sensitive about it. Why so sensitive? We bring up the gay guy, and now you become more sensitive. I, you know, you were both sensitive before I walked in. You're deeply sensitive. No, today I was a very sensitive day. Oh yeah, it was. It's been sensitive for a little bit. I was triggered a little bit today <laughs> it's been, been, been a rough couple of weeks but okay um i do want to i want to play a clip for you though yeah uh jamie lee curtis longtime actress uh who was at the toronto film festival mm-hmm. and had some interesting words now i'm going to give jamie a little bit of credit in that i don't think i think she was joking there was a level of joke to it some sincerity to it and she cleaned it up afterwards by saying okay but i've never experienced trauma like everybody else and brought it back a little bit but she said some things that i was a little bothered by listen to this Jim, is for Jamie. um this is a as your role of glory have you ever been affected in your own personal life by playing that role like have you ever felt 
Okay, so she goes off, and this yeah. is obviously the same, you know, Trump and where we're at right now and everything else. Um, that's a little triggering to people on the right. Yeah. You're in a foreign country. You're cracking wise. I could see myself saying that same thing. Yes. But I mean it from a different perspective. It's mm-hmm. like you get a pass joking about people like you. You know, yes. it's, you know, um, blacks using the N-word or rappers using the N-word. They get a pass and yeah. something like this. So I get it. But I realize it's because I know I don't dislike America or we're at, and I do think that Jamie Lee Curtis does. I think that she views a country like Canada as being, ha ha, something we should become. Many, 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 many people do. Um, the, the loud ones, the loud, yeah. loud ones on the left are in this state of constant rage. And I, I mean, I can't even explain it. You have to sometimes see my Facebook thread to see the despair. And I find... Some of it okay. Yeah, things are going not the way you want. I understand that. But the despair over what this country is and what it can be and what you know, I travel and I'm like, you gotta be out of your mind if you don't is, think we're the luckiest people in the world. Right. That's my That right there alone. I mean that is and, and, and well, I let's think look at the, diversity for a moment. Yeah. Did you did you watch the last Olympics and see the Chinese team come in? You know what they had? A lot of Asian people. Yeah, yeah not so do. many white or brown people, or a lot of Asian, almost exclusively. I think people forget that a lot of the problems that we have, and every nation has problems, are because there's so much diversity. There's so much going on. There's so much integration, and that's hard. That's hard. Things change. They change fast. Sometimes we don't want it to change so fast. I think those those perspectives are valid, but I think at a certain point, it's like it's like life. You can look at life and be angry about everything that's going wrong, or you can start from a place of gratitude and say, "Look, this is pretty good. These are things I want to change." And the despair, the rage, the hopelessness—I'm not interested in it anymore. So is I'm not is so much of the rage from the left? Is it the um, one-two punch of losing Obama? Eight years mm-hmm. of somebody they really identified with, mm-hmm. of people on the left really identify with. I mean, not just a good president, but a great president to them in so many ways. And then it the is, 180 it, it is of The Trump. pendulum swinging hard and fast into their guts. And look, to me, what I've always said about it and what my op-ed thing and the whole work that I've done since literally two years is, what did I not know? Because in that bubble, it was so sure it was going to go one way. And I started traveling and I'm like, something is going on. And I think, you know, when people speak, listen. And I, things like, whatever I hear people say, this is bad, America's bad. I'm like, that is so horrifically offensive to the people who went and voted with their hope and their dreams for what they thought was best for their family. Maybe it wasn't best for Jamie Lee Curtis's family. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her family needs, but I really think it's an individual choice and the the constant blanketing of the rage of this country is going down the toilet is is not something I'm interested in. Yeah, the people that supported Trump didn't do it because they were trying to stick it to somebody. They were trying to help themselves, their family. That yeah. was their point. And maybe we didn't realize that enough under Obama either. You know, the people that didn't support Obama, people were so triggered by him. People didn't go out and support him because they're trying to be mean to you or do yeah. things wrong. They're trying to just help themselves some way. Okay, let me get a quick break and we'll come back and find out why the heck you're here even. we can find that out coming up next on The Morning Blaze. You are listening to the smooth sounds of The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On The Blaze Radio Network!
collision of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Oh my gosh, that's so much fun. Riaz Patel, uh, our longtime friend in the studio with us. So why are you here? Not that I'm not happy to see you. I just feel like you usually come and there's something going on. That <laughs> you usually that come with true, an agenda. Yeah. Well, I do, that is true. I do come to Dallas. He sees through this crap. Yes, he does. Most people won't call me on that. No, no, I, 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 I come to Dallas when I'm working. So Glenn and I have been working on projects specifically in this divide, playing in this divide. How do we get people to see each other, to communicate, to listen, to not demonize each other? Um, and so we're working on a podcast. And okay. so it'll come out in about 10 days, um, a story of looking at an issue that divides us, school shootings and guns, uh-huh. and seeing if you can look at it from a different angle, a slightly more human perspective that can possibly connect us. And so that's what it is. It's an hour, well, 40-some well, minute podcast. That's a good one. It's a good place to start with it. Um, what I think is sad and and actually kind of funny, too, in a unfortunately people died sort of way, but with the school mass murders... We keep going right to the guns, and yeah. regardless of how you feel about guns, let's we don't we don't have to have that debate yet. I mean, we can go there; that's fine. First, let's make sure the kids are safe. Yeah. So why have we not done more to focus on the schools? Because the gun thing's always going to be triggered. We talk we talk about that in this conversation. Okay. You know, the, the and one of the things that comes up is this either or thinking that I okay. find that we all suffer from, which is we're all going to go after the guns, or we're all going to go after the and it's sort of like. Either why not both? Well, we why say, not both? I say ad nauseum every time there's a shooting, mass murder like this, yeah. we bring it up, and the reaction from the right is, "Was he brown?" And did he yell "Allah Akbar"? By the way, that's not just the right. Every single time it happens, I'm like, "Please God, don't let him be brown. Please don't let him be brown. Yeah, Please yeah. don't let him be brown," right. because it does. It impacts my life. It and, impacts and the, the right conversation. The same thing about "Please don't let him be a stereotype." White, all, whatever. We all same are thing. like, right. "Please don't let him be me," so I get the hits for the next news cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's which is which is the problem. The news cycle is the like this happens, and then you take all these kids who are survived, put them on a stage, and then you have this not a debate, but a Roman Colosseum. <laughs> Like, uh, what was it where the gladiators and the old lions and they eat each other? And I'm like, what is this? You know, as a producer, as a producer who works in reality, I am very careful about what's morally right and not. Right. And I do not understand why it's fed to, to take children who have just been in a traumatic shooting right. and put them on a stage in a coliseum to me felt like a bad producer's choice. I would not do it. I would not You're do it. You're right. And it was it was so loved, too. And they're still fan in the flames. And the kids are happy. I, I said on the air, I, I'm not hoping this happens, but I fear something bad is coming for at least one of those um, Parkland kids that were touring around because they had instant uber fame. Yeah. Adored. And that is fleeting. And they and, are so young. Most people, yeah. even having been on that drug for years, mm-hmm. uh, can't deal with it. No. When that goes away... Oh my God, that fame thing. I've seen it. People arrive in LA yeah. and then they get bitten by it. And then it's then a drug. It, it, it's bizarre. It absolutely is. And to know what it is and deal with it, you know, you stand on a red carpet and people suddenly flash bulbs go and then you leave. It's part of your job. It's nothing else than that. You have to understand that it's, it's, because I think you're right. When, when, when the politics and the oh. fame mix, it's a problem. All right. Riaz, thanks, buddy. Good seeing you. Talk to you soon, man. Riaz Patel. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson.
Yes, I know I could have belled Riaz Patel many more times. I got it. And by me saying I should have belled Riaz many more times, deserves a bell. Yes, yes, yes. I always love when he comes in. Riaz is, uh, he's just fun. I mean, we are ideologically opposed in a lot of things, as we've talked about and laid out pretty well. Uh, but Riaz is fun. He's funny as, as all get out with this stuff, too. Because he holds, <laughs> he says the stuff that people don't say. No. No, no, yes, he, and he will call you out just like that. Right, yeah, he does, and it's 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 really funny and it's well intentioned. But there are some little nuggets that uh, we usually squirrel out. But this concept of and some of this stuff we already know, we get it. But the concept of symbols versus words. Now there are some words that are going to trigger trigger people on the right as well, and probably some symbols that trigger people on the left. You know, it's not a hundred percent. Maybe the bigger attitude or idea is that we're triggered by the words or symbols or even actions, not because of what they are specifically to this moment, but because we all have a history with it. So if you show something disrespectful to a Marine, it's not just that I say that was wrong to do as a person or the military, my father was a Marine. So even if it doesn't come to the forefront of my mind, I've built up all these experiences that put a Marine in a certain special category. Right? I mean, and then 9-11, for the people that were triggered about 9-11, we didn't get to it at that point. I get it. I'm triggered by 9-11 as well. I was there. You have slightly different perspectives. You know people that were... You know, maybe you know somebody specific or lost somebody close to you. Got it. It's it's the history of all of this stuff for us. Even if it's not conscience, conscious, we have built up a whole ball of ideas and emotions and everything that are attached to everything. And the older we get, the more it is. So if I say something obviously like Puerto Rico... Yes, Chris is going to go. I have family. I have history. I grew up there as a kid. But if I say something less obvious, I may not even know that it triggers and ties to the stuff. Right? That's how it works. All right. Tweets coming in with the hashtag, what I learned today, yesterday on the news and why it matters. The sponsor was Riduzone. It was. And the elephant in the room. Once again. Was. Glenn Beck. (gasps) Oh. How dare you? I knew you were going to go there. Don't give me the out there. The elephant in the room is that some people (laughs) need it. Such an ass. And yet it was a sponsor. And wow. (laughs) Holy moly. Calling Glenn Beck fat. Really? Chris, that is. Okay. For you to sit here and say Glenn Beck is morbidly obese is. Did not say. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, what? I did not say more. You more said, brilliant. I think the quote was just a second ago. We're going to have to play back the tape. I heard you say disgusting, fat, morbidly obese blob is what I think I heard you say. You heard wrong, Doc Thompson. <clears throat> you heard wrong. Wow. I thought I heard you say he's the equivalent of two Michael Moores and one Rosie O'Donnell. Is that is that what you said? Because that's what I think. <laughs> I heard you say. One more time. He's the equivalent of two Michael Moores and one Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. That's the... Okay. Is that what you said? No. No, that's what you said. 
through I, me. No, that's what I thought I heard you say. I didn't say it. I you thought just you said, said it. it. You just said it. No, I said I thought I heard that's what you said. Yeah, I just said fat. You said oh, the other one. Wow. He that's doubled down fat. on it. Okay. Anyway, so uh, it's a little uncomfortable to talk about weight loss when there are people that you know maybe need. Have you ever been in that situation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like yeah. trying not to look at that person. <laughs> look all around. Bottom line, though, if you need to get healthy and you need to lose weight, Riduzone is your product. This is a great product. It works, and it's not a drug. This is something that is, exists in nature. It's in your body. It's in diets already. It's just they found out that in concentrated amounts, it actually promotes weight loss because it makes you feel fuller yeah. and boosts your metabolism. Done. Boom. It works. Like Bottom line, a friend of mine, like, wow, this really works. Yeah, you idiots. You have to take it. You're right. But I'm like, yeah, what do you think? I'm lying to you about this stuff? Riduzone.com. Order it today. You'll be thrilled that you did. Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U zone.com. Very passive aggressive of Chris to leave the Riduzone bottles on Glenn's set. I did not do that. You did that. It was very, it wasn't you? No, okay. I always leave mine in this set. Although that passive aggressive beats just aggressive where you're calling the guy a blimp. <laughs> that is... I didn't say blimp. I said fat. You called him tubby, chubby, and a blimp. You used nope. all three all of those I said words. Was fat, fat, and you said blimp esque. I mean, to clear it up. No, blimp esque. Okay, I said fat ass. Well, that's pretty aggressive on your part. Okay. And now you're a revisionist. Revisionist? Revisionist, revising your story. Uh, if we play back the audio, you'll hear the same thing that I said. I don't think we need to go there. We don't have time for it now. <laughs> <laughs> now we don't. And listen. Don't be the guy who calls Glenn those things. Don't say, what should they not call him, They Chris? should not call him fat. What else should they not call they him? They should not call him two Michael Moores and a Rosie O'Donnell. Or blimpesque, or fatty, or fatso, or chubby, or tubby. Kirk, you know what to do here, right? I you, you understand it. this, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. I don't have to say it? Okay, good. Chris, <laughs> uh, look at this. You're swimming in a river or nearby, and there you see it. Da -da. What a is it? Beautiful... Alligator. Or alligator. This is this is in America. This is oh, uh, South Texas. Okay, so alligator in the Guadalupe Canal or River, um, Ooh, down in Southern Park. Crocodile. Yeah, it would be it would be an alligator in America. But yeah, <laughs> so you see this. Yes, I you're see You're going to be triggered and swimming away. Somebody posted this on away. social media and it spread around a, a town okay. that you got to be careful because there's an alligator that's uh, okay. patrolling these yeah. rivers there or whatever. Patrolling, I like that. <laughs> dun, dun. And then police got involved, started investigating. I'm sorry. Well, they got to take it down. Take what down? The alligator. You can't have eaten some kid or something. Why would you take him down? Because he's in the river where people are. No. <clears throat> completely the opposite. That's his home. They're invading his home. They're invading <laughs> his home. Well, they investigated and they discovered something. Oh, it's fake. It's a stone. No, it's not a stone. Oh, okay. It's actually an alligator head. But fake. A toy alligator head that is... <laughs> Remote controlled. Oh! <laughs> yeah! No! Yes! Da -da. And da -da. as soon as I saw that, I said... Did you buy one? Chris and I have to get one. Yes. Yes. A yes. remote controlled alligator Dude, head. Oh, this is hilarious. The only thing that would make it better if we could make money off of scaring people with it. <laughs> but scaring people with it's gold, Jerry. It's gold. If we ever move to Florida, that's what we will be doing right there in the Sanford River. Right there. Mm. So, uh, yeah, they put this out there. It's a remote-controlled one. I think, is that a... 
That's the antenna. Is that the antenna sticking I up? I think so. If that's the antenna, that's a big fail. Cut that thing off. That's what I think. I can't tell from the picture, and we'll tweet out a link to it, if that's just like a stick or something in the water or a shadow. It looks like if that's the antenna, it's a fail. Yes. You can do this without that antenna, yeah. right? Yeah, you could do it without the antenna. Just, Even if your range is diminished, doesn't yes. matter. No, how far do you want to be? I want to be there to laugh I wanna, at him. Yes. Oh my gosh. I want to be right there. I'm like, oh, you idiot. I want to come up behind him. Yes. <laughs> and they turn mm. around. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they're splashing away. It would be better if he oh. opens. If the mouth opens. Oh, that that'll would be, be pretty legit. Like as soon as you're getting up, and the mouth just starts. This is this is tremendous. So the local police station or police department tweeted and posted on their other social media. After some investigation this morning, it has been determined that recent social media posts pur- uh, purporting to show an alligator in the Guadalupe River are a hoax. A remote-controlled alligator head was used to create photos and videos that you may have seen on Facebook and other social media sites. The hoax was apparently unintentional, but still... Mm. Unintentional? Unintentional, what? They said the hoax that the Uh people created, that it was unintentional. Okay. Really? You didn't intend... To make people believe it was real. Yeah. That's the reason you have a remote control alligator yes. head. Otherwise, you would have a little remote control boat. Yes. One of the, right? Yes. Why do you have the remote control alligator head? Because you want people to think it's real. Please. But still may have caused some alarm. We hope this eases any fears. <laughs> we have to get a remote control alligator get, head. Yes. yes. Which brings me to... Now, the greatest thing the internet has ever done, ever. Are you talking about the uh, Invisible Challenge? I'm sorry, the what? The Invisible Challenge? Yes. The Invisible Challenge. I'm now on record. I don't care. Uh, Sharing pictures, showing people of danger, reports, uh, people being able to communicate online, shop. No, throw all of it out. Yes. Good for the economy. The greatest thing the internet has ever done is give us the Invisible Challenge. Yes. I am so happy with people. Yes. Thank you, God. Yes. Thank you for this. By the way, on Friday, on this Friday, yeah, this Friday, me, Mordecai, and uh, Dylan, we've been collecting all of them, and we'll do a big mm-hmm. mashup of all the Invisible Challenge oh. you find online. So let me give you the basic scoop. We touched on it the other day, but I want you to check it out. This com- uh, magician slash entertainer comedian yes. has a new Netflix series. What's it called? Magic? Uh, Magic for Humans. Magic for Humans. And the video made its way around a couple, like, only a week or so ago. Yeah. And the idea is this. By the way, uh, if you go to YouTube, there's a uh, a full version of those two videos they posted. Yes. So we'll tweet that out so you can see it. But the magician, unbeknownst to a couple of people that are walking through the park, mm-hmm. when he begins to perform and says, hey, I need some volunteers, unbeknownst to those volunteers, everybody else around is an actor that is in on the gag. Yes. And he makes them believe that they are invisible. He puts them in a chair. He throws a tarp over them. And everybody in the audience is in it. So they're all like, oh, my gosh, he's invisible. So good. And then he has all these little props and things that make people that are supposedly turned invisible believe they're invisible. Now, I think the people that he chose were also stoned. (laughs) Me and Jeffy had that conversation I think they were. Their eyes look a little glossy. And they were a little too easy to convince. (laughs) But he does things like... They go up to the now invisible guy. Somebody runs up, puts their arm around him, and somebody else quickly takes a picture. And they turn it around, and the so-called invisible guy can see that there's just that person and nobody else. Nobody else. Obviously, they took that picture 10 minutes before they got there, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and this is what they've done. So that was funny enough. It made its way around. But here's where the Internet's good. <laughs> Parents all across America said, I'm going to do this to my kids. Yes. I am going to torture my kids because kids are more gullible. And good on you. And good on you. This is awesome. Parents and siblings, older siblings. Oh, yeah. They have ramped. They took this. They said, hold on here, magician. Hold my beer. I I can do this better. I can do this too. (laughs) And there is video after video. If you look on Twitter, hashtag invisible Invisible challenge. challenge. Or if you go on YouTube, do invisible prank. There's a lot of bad ones on YouTube too that just don't get it done. But. It's worth sifting through those for the couple that do. It is so darn good. And the kids all do the same thing. Yes. They all, okay, make me invisible. Okay, fine. They take the tarp off. And the parents and everybody who are like, oh my gosh, he's invisible. You see the kids like, oh, shut up. Wait, no. But they're kind of wondering what. And then they all do the picture thing. The moment that picture is shown Shown to the the kids, it's like. Kids wig. The hell out. It's like you just got punched in the nards while getting bitch slapped, and reality sets in that you are a worthless human being. All that at the same time. The kids, their world is wrecked. Yes. Now, this shows how dumb the kids are because even if you thought it was invisible, why wouldn't you be like, yes, I'm invisible? (laughs) I would have immediately gone out to fight crime. Okay. And by that, I mean spying the neighbor girls. But <laughs> then fight crime beyond peeping Tom. That would, right? You would have been like, I got this. Yeah. See you guys later. Yes, yes, yes. But instantly they're freaked out that they're yeah. no. One of my favorite ones was. Because they also say you're invisible and we also can't hear you. Yeah, that's the trick. Is you, uh, and is we can't hear you. We cannot see you. Right, that's you're th- that's a, But the best one was the one you showed me yesterday. But the little Mexican kid, he's all like. This is not going to work. And as soon as they take a picture, he flicks her off like with a middle finger. And then when they show the picture, he turns into a wuss. He is. He He's like, oh, man. He's like, this is don't work. And then, oh, let's take a picture. Middle finger. This is not going to work. Picture shown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little wussy. Oh, man. That one is so good. And the kid, um, he's the, the chubby kid, right? Is uh, that no, the, the one? skinny kid. Oh, okay. the skinny kid, yeah. The chubby one is my oh, favorite. Oh, the chubby, okay, him? yes. Because he's like, okay, what? And they, everybody, there's a dozen people oh, in the room, yeah. and they're all freaking out that he's yes. invisible, that they can't see him. And then he freaks out. I would not have been able to keep from laughing. No. Well, uh, the one that I showed yesterday with the little girl, which I said that this, and we just retweeted it, this uh, this family serves family of the year. They're going through the whole motions. They take the picture. <laughs> the mom gets a Oscar performance. She is screaming, <laughs> oh, my God. And then as soon as they show the picture to the girl, she screams on her knees on the floor. They had to break character because the little girl was freaking out so much that the mom is like hugging her. You're here, honey. It's okay. (laughs) Here's a mirror. The kid, the the fat kid who freaks out. Again, he's so arrogant and then freaks out. And then when they bring him back. And he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh, that was so... Oh, so and they're like, hey. We could see you the whole time. We could see you the whole time, whatever. And he was like, what? And they're like, it was a gag, man. And then he goes, oh, wow, that was good. That was that was really good. Good job. He was like, hey, hey. So, you know what? Uh, you went through YouTube and you went through this big rabbit hole of like the... What was it? The snake and the... Oh, yeah, the mongoose okay, uh, so fighting the, the snakes. Okay, I did the same thing on with Twitter. With the Invisible Challenge. Invisible Challenge. There's one with this... Uh, this, <laughs> this 
mom, this is this black kid, right? And he's all like, oh, this is not going to work, blah, blah, blah. He broke down. He broke. He runs to his room, gets a paper, comes out, and Starts says, writing. I'm here. Right. I'm here. <laughs> oh, his chest. The chubby it's Mexican like, kid did, too. Yes. He's oh, like, because, yeah. again, they can't hear him, supposedly. <laughs> so... He runs over, and anytime they touch anything, they're like, "Oh my gosh, the pillow is floating!" Did you see that? Did you see that? Someone he touched, touched me. me, right? So he grabs, he grabs a pen and paper, and Frank frantically starts writing, "I'm here." I'm here. But the little blackie comes back. He's like, "I'm here, mom. I'm here." Oh my gosh, that is the greatest. It uh, is, it is the only joy my life has had uh, in the last six months. Dude, like, I don't know what is going on, but this Invisible Challenge has become, like, my uh, uh, eyes and ear candy. Like, I live for this now. It's gold. I can watch this all day. Oh, I can watch. This is literally the best thing that has come out of a Netflix series. So I told my my, uh, mom, I called her yesterday about someone's talking to her, and I go, oh, by the way, because I know Mm -hmm. she'd love this. I go, have you? Oh, yeah, this is you. Yes. Oh, this is my mom and my family. This is your whole family. Gold. gold. Yeah. My mom goes, I'm like, have you seen it? She goes, no. And I said, okay, I'm going to send you a link. Go ahead and watch this stuff. And I explained what it was. And she starts cracking up just hearing about it. And she goes, I go, you know, Gavin, that was my nephew with the egg in his ear. I go, he really? been, she goes, would have been gold. Oh, and, right? how old is he now? Oh, he's an adult. He's like oh. 25, 26. <clears throat> so I tell that. And she goes, yeah, she goes, he would have fallen for it. She goes, your sister Tammy would have fallen for it. And I oh. said, yeah. And then she paused and she goes. She may still fall for it. She no. may sit. We should do this to her. Legit. <laughs> so I talked to my brother later on and I go, oh, by the way, I was talking with my uncle about this. He goes, we have to try this on Tammy. <laughs> you didn't tell her yet, did you? <laughs> and then he goes, damn it, you told mom. She may have fallen for it too. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. My family has turned on each other. By the way, there will be an invisible challenge performance in the wedding. Oh my God. We're going to do it to my niece. Oh my gosh. Oh my so gosh. Oh it's going to be right in the reception because since it's a big room, we're gonna, everybody's going to. So, okay, if I'm involved, up. I can pull it off because yes. this is how far can your dad throw a football? Too. Yes. Yes. I, I was always able to pull that yes. off, even though I wanted to laugh too. So, you know, how far can your dad throw a football? How Did far? I explain that? No. Oh, this is gold, Jerry. Let me get a break and we'll come back and share that coming up next on the morning. Good morning, Blaze. We're kind of like the real news, except honest and factual. Huh, what a concept. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze, do 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 do. Morning Blaze, do 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 do. Morning Blaze, do 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 do. Morning Blaze with Doc and Chris, do 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 do. Doc and Chris, do 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 do. Doc and Chris, do 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 do. Doc and Chris. Oh, that's nice. Save that. We're gonna need that. Okay, so how can how far can your dad throw a football? I don't know. Okay, this is an old stunt, and it works a bunch of different ways, and it is horrible and wonderful at the same time for practical jokes. You need to be in uh, cons- you need to conspire with somebody else. Okay, so, so you need two people. Right. Okay. So you and I would conspire to get Kirk Jones. Okay. So 
you would go off your own way. Okay. And I would see Kirk and I would go, hey, how's it going? Whatever. Oh, did you hear about Chris's dad? Okay. Yeah, he's like in his 40s and yet got a tryout mm-hmm. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh. I know. Okay. It's, the, it's the strangest thing. No, he, apparently he can throw a, f- a football like, like I don't know, like 50 yards or something. Just boom, mm. like a laser. He never played. No one ever discovered mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. And they're considering him. He's got to try it. Whatever. And you make this whole backstory. Okay. Whatever the BS is. Just build it up. Make sure to ask him. Chris is so excited. Whatever. So then when he sees you, mm-hmm. you offer a couple of little triggers like whatever. And he goes, oh, tell me about your dad throwing the football. Okay. And you then just look at him real serious and you go, my dad lost his arm in a meat slicer. <laughs> Or some horrific accident. My dad's arm was chewed off in a wood chipper last week. Why would you ask such a thing? Oh, that is so good. It is great. <clears throat> but you can that do anything. so good. How, tell me about your mom's piano lessons. Mm. My mom doesn't have any hands. Right? You just... Mm. And you come up with some horrific... It's got to be horrific yes, what it happens. Yes, it has to be, Yes. Yes, I'm admitting this is horrible. Yes. But it's also funny. The look on their face, and they're like, oh, okay, no, Doc said that, he said that, that, that you, what, yeah. what, what, what? That's, that's gold. It is horrible, but comedy gold, that's Jerry. Gold. It really that's is gold. bad. Yes. So let's uh, let's pull that off on somebody today, okay? okay. <clears throat> so if they come that's up fine. and ask you something, you got to be there. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Uh, okay, the South Yorkshire Police, this is in the UK. Yes. Posted something that I found... Um, Really annoying. (laughs) Why? It says, in addition to reporting hate crime, please report non-crime hate incidents, (laughs) which can include things like offensive or insulting comments online, in person, or in writing. Hate will not be tolerated in South Yorkshire. Report it and put a stop to it. Hashtag hate hurts SY. Chris, you were a cop. I what was. What is the uh, job of the, the police? To, um, not this, but to protect and serve. Okay, so to protect against crime. Yes. How about um, against non-crime incidents? Non-crime hate incidents? Yes. Uh, not on my radar. It's not a crime. So it's not on my it, radar. But it's an incident. You know that. You got security guards for that. Yeah, but what about incidents? Mm, is it a crime? No. Then no. But it's hate. Is it a crime? No. Then no. Yeah. See, they want people to report incidents. Uh, that's then you then you will be literally having a crapload of tire cops. Yes. If you're putting tell us about non crimes, you're doing it wrong. Yes. You're absolutely doing it wrong. You've been a literally that's a snitch. So it's not a crime. It's a hate incident. Yes. Is hate a crime? Because they have standards for what they consider hate crimes. Yes, they do, yes. Okay, so then investigate. But now even that isn't enough. A hate incident, something that could be insulting, that that's a crime. Well, dog, you were being mean to me, so I'm going to call the cops on you. That's what basically they're saying. And it's not saying a racially insulting thing. No, it's anything insulting. Or offensive. Offensive, online, or in person, or in writing. So I could go, I hate you. I it doesn't even have to be that. You, Chris, I could write a law. Lo- I could write a post about how much I love pineapples. Okay. 
Not pineapple on pizza because we know oh, that's yes, not pineapple. Uh, and that's the pineapple pizza is not pineapple along. pizza. Uh, right. I could just say I love pineapple, and it could people. I'm offended by that, oh, and therefore that's a is. non-crime hate incident. Oh, boop, boop. <laughs> coming Pull it for over you, there, buddy. Uh, Q10, over. swarm, swarm. <laughs> the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, got some uh, tweets coming in with the hashtag what I learned today. Real quick, though, I want to tell you about uh, Minostalgia Wild Rice at blazewildrice.com. What a great product. You got the whipped honey? I got me some whipped honey and some wild rice seasoning. Look at that. I wish I would have had this last night. That for because you. I made a bunch of rice. You know what I did last night? What did you do? I may have told you I've been doing this. Uh, I cook the rice. Uh, and it has cooked a long time. Yes, yes. But when I cook it, then as it gets uh, probably 10 minutes out or so. 10 minutes out, okay. I just throw a bunch of vegetables in. Oh, okay. So And okay. I've been cooking it in broth. <clears throat> oh. So I cook it in a beef or a chicken broth. Right, it absorbs mm. all that water and the flavoring, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I season the water a little, or the broth, mm-hmm. and then about ten minutes out, I add um, just some cut up uh, cabbage and carrots okay. and broccoli, okay. and just real fine, okay. cut it up in there, and then I end up with a like a soup. Cause no, because it's all absorbed, so it's rice. It's just the rice. It's like a stir fried rice, but it's not fried. Oh. So the rice is flavored, and I get it's rice and vegetables. So when you cook this, do you? How much water do you put per cup of rice? Um, whatever the package is. I think it's two to four. one. Uh, but I it's add a four more. to one. Four to, four to one. It's That's four, right. to four to one, yeah. And you still have water left? No, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't want no, it left. I, wa- I have water left. Oh, then you're not cooking enough or you're adding too much. Because usually I add a little bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not covering it, are you? Yes, it says cover and simmer. Yeah, you may have a problem because the water stays in there then too. You're it right; it does stay in. There. So uh, remove the cover part of the way through, okay. about halfway through. Okay, all right. But, yeah, so I do it. So it cooks down, and I throw that in there. But it's easy. So and I've been buying little bags of like stir fried vegetables because oh, I don't want to cut easy. them up. Yeah. So it's already cut up. Yeah. So I throw the rice in mm. with the broth. Throw the vegetables in. How long is that? A minute and a half. Yeah. Turn it on. Walk away. Oh, Actually, wow. I don't throw the vegetables until later, but yeah, I walk later, away. Yeah, then 10 minutes out, yeah. uh, take it off season. You're good to go. Well, uh, Minostalgia Wild Rice is amazing. Try it at blazewildrice.com. That's blazewildrice.com. And if you use the promo code TRY10, you'll get 10% off the uh, sampler packs. Oh, yeah. I've never had the... Uh, sorry. Go for it. No, go it. for it. Go for it. This is the cinnamon whipped honey. Cinnamon here. whipped honey. This is what I actually... Oh, my gosh. This is... I So what I do with this, I put it... I toast some bread... Put it right on top of it and just eat it like, it's like toast. cinnamon and sugar bread. Yep. Oh, it's oh like my monkey gosh. bread. It's like I'm having monkey bread. I'm sorry, I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable with that term. Oh, I'm having wild animal bread. That's better. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I've had that. The Isn't cinnamon it good? is awesome. Isn't it good? 
That's the best whipped honey. I've had the others, the hazelnuts and that. I mm-hmm. like that's the best one of them all. Go to blazewildrice.com and try it today. It's blazewildrice.com. All right. Uh, you got uh, a Real, lot of yeah, people are triggered. Uh, like from Paul Sleeve saying the hashtag hate hurts SY got me trigger as AF. Oh, yeah. Remember, this is the South Yorkshire police in the UK yes. who said, um, please report non-crime hate incidents. Yes. And so people responded to that. Yeah. One of the things I saw when you click on the link, it says hate crime is an incident or crime. <laughs> hate crime is an incident or crime, no. which is perceived to be motivated by prejudice or hostility against a person's race faith, disability, sexual orientation, or gender identity. What? So what if they're just thin and yeah. you mock that or tall? It's not one of those categories. So uh, other people commented, uh, even in the UK. Yeah, like Neil says, oh, really? Six and stone may break my bones, but worse will never hurt me. I learned that when we were when I was four years old. They responded to him. They did. They go, hi, Neil. Wait, no, no, I'm triggered. I don't like the word hi. I, uh, I find it offensive. And Neil, don't call me my first name. Call no. me Mr. Whatever my last name is, even if you don't know it. Yep. Hi, Neil. While non-crime hate incidents may not be criminal offenses, they can feel, feel that, that way. way to those affected and can sometimes escalate to crimes taking place. Oh, sometimes they may when people feel. Yes. How about actually going after crime? Thank you. And when did you become a pre-crime uh, branch of the Yorkshire Police Department? Minority Report. Minority. We all know. So you're telling me that, oh, just because I said that hateful thing like, I hate you, Doc, or I like pineapples, I'm going to go and kill and murder a thousand people? Well, it says, we work with partners to try and prevent this. More on our website. So it's Minority Report. It is. If, if tr- you're saying we know it's in, you're, we're heading things off before they happen based on what people find offensive... Not what you meant, even. Mm-hmm. That was maybe the only fail with Minority Report, where they yes. were looking in the future. Yes. Is they were looking in what's, what is a person's motivation, motivation, as opposed to what people feel. feel. So I feel it. It doesn't matter what your motivations are. I yep. just feel it. So there you go. Wow. Well, good uh, thing I get the we're tweets in with the hashtag, what I learned today. Real quick. Uh, the pharmaceutical billionaire, Richard Sackler, his company is Purdue Farm. Oh, Pharma. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where you're they going. They are with the this. group that created mm-hmm. OxyContin. Mm-hmm. They created that. OxyContin? OxyContin. Okay. They got an N in there. Cotton. Okay. It's very. Cotton. Why are you emphasizing that N so much? It's not OxyContin. Cotton. Yes, it is. OxyContin. They got an N in there. Okay. It's C O N T I N. Okay. Fine. It's fine. just people say it wrong. Okay. Okay. Anyways, he created this and has made gobs of money, right? Oh, yeah. Just roll it all out. He just got a patent for a new drug. Yes, he did. Designed to help wean people off OxyContin. Yes. A drug for a drug. So they created the drug that are people having trouble getting off of. Yes. And then they created the drug to get them off of it. Yes. That seems (laughs) self-serving. That seems... This is the star on and off machine. Again, the sneeches come up. No, no. You want that star off? I'll take it off. You, you want one on? I'll put it on. Put it on. (laughs) Whatever. He's got him coming and going here. He does. He got it from both ends. This is the rehab center next to the bar. Yes. This is the weight loss clinic next to the donut shop. Yes. I don't blame him. I'm not being critical. This is the pizza inside the gym. Right. This is it. 
So they're sitting around going, wow, man, people are addicted. We're making money. <gasps> How can we make more? Hold my beer. Hold my beer. <laughs> The entrepreneurial spirit is to dream and to do. We are building America. No, you don't have to like what they did, but it was good business sense. It was. It was. Joining us now, David from Carpe Lotion. Hey, David, how are you? Hey, morning, Doc. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for joining us today to tell your story. Uh, So first of all, what is your website so people can find your products? Yeah, Doc, thanks for having me. So website is www.carpelotion.com. Carpelotion.com. And what is Carpe Lotion? I'm assuming it's a lotion. So Carpe is an antiperspirant lotion. It's an antiperspirant lotion that stops sweaty hands and feet. And the reason I made this was I had the sweatiest of hands in high school. And it was awkward. It was embarrassing. And when you when I went to the store, there's only, only products for the underarms. And that just didn't make sense to me because wow. everyone around me were wiping their hands off on their pants, on you know, the chairs in front of them, doing whatever it took to avoid offering a sweaty hand or, or holding a sweaty hand on a date. Yeah. And so I set out as a senior in high school, started talking with dermatologists and material chemists. I'm from Atlanta. Um, so was talking with people around there. And started working on a formula and then got to school and met my co-founder and uh, a chemist. And we went through 60 prototypes in our dorm room at UNC Chapel Hill and then got some investors and and launched in July of 2015 while we were juniors, rising juniors in college. And uh, then we just graduated May 2017, went full time and, you know, on the mission of trying to stop sweat anywhere, anytime in all those neglected areas, all those areas outside of just the underarms. Um, that the that the big companies are focusing on. So we uh, we're, we're really trying to stop sweat and and help people uh, just live their lives with with the peace of mind of not having to worry about getting a, you know sweaty hands, sweaty feet, smelly feet, sweaty this face. Is, this is incredible. So. The fact that you did this in college <laughs> and then pursued it. See, lots of people have ideas. A lot of them are bad. Yours is actually a good idea. <laughs> But then you actually followed through and didn't wait. Well, I'll get to this someday in my life. You start doing it. So a couple, couple points on that. Um, and one, I appreciate it. But two, uh, a lot of people thought it was a bad idea. Uh, it wasn't obvious that it, was, that it was a good idea until it started working, right? So when we first started to talk with people, oh. it was this, no one's going to buy this. Who wants, who wants a product for sweaty hands or you know, sweaty, smelly feet that, that just, it doesn't make sense. No one's going to buy this. And the, the main reason we pursued it is because we had the problem and we wanted to make a solution for ourselves. And, and that's where I think the, some of the best innovation comes from. When Necessity you is the mother of invention. Problem. You needed it. Yep, exactly. And so we wanted to make it for ourselves. And then if, if we had the opportunity, we did uh, bring it to everyone else out there uh, who, who could really use it and could, uh, it could really help. Wow. It's such a great idea. And you uh, pursuing it is certainly a feather in your cap. You should be proud of that. Um, but I understand that a lot of people probably go through this too when you start businesses because y- y- you have people telling you, no, no one's ever going to buy it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Hey, we shouldn't have done that. It turns out right. it didn't work or we couldn't do it. Or, right. oh my gosh, I'm glad we did it. So really, you're only left with, if you believe in something, you've just got to keep pursuing it, right? 
That's exactly right. And, and on top of that, you have to focus on the solution. You have to focus on the product. Don't, you know, waste your time uh, writing out 50, 100-page business plans or, you know, doing all this, you know, expensive market research. Just make the product. Focus on the solution and then try to get some traction. Uh, go around and talk with people and, and give people the product, show people the prototype, uh, get people to use it. So many people today, you know, I was just speaking at a class at UNC, and so many people are focused on the idea and, and researching, you know, the, the potential market cap and, or the market size and, <laughs> um, and all of this stuff. And I'm like, just make the product, focus on it. You, you have this idea and you're passionate about it. It's something that, that you know, you've experienced and you want to solve. So, so solve it, make the solution, and then, see, and then see if you can get some traction. And I think college is the most incredible time to do that because um, you, it, it's, you're not uh, in the real world yet, really. You're, you're still taking classes, and, uh, you know, um, you, you kind of have that safety net of being in school. And so it's an incredible time to go and take some risks and start a company, and that's what we were able to do with Carpe. Yeah, I, um, I, you got a great point there. It's it's a little different um, with you because you were talking about something new. So you had to develop it and design it. You had to get uh, you know some some chemistry involved. You had to get some some science involved. Um, and if you know if I'm just starting a restaurant, it's a little easier because at least I have some idea. Okay, I got to have food. I got to have a place for people to sit. Right, I got that. But you're talking about something that you may not have had knowledge of, and you had to get science involved. You had to hire people, right? That's, that's right. So, you know, I, I studied chemistry and health policy management at UNC. Um, so I, I was always interested in going to medical school. I'd actually studied for the MCAT. Um, I decided, you know, not to take it, not to put myself through that hell. Um, but I had done all the pre-med classes, was ready to go um, and, and take the exam and then uh, try to go to med school. Um, and my co-founder was interested in going and getting his Ph.D. Uh, in artificial intelligence and machine learning um, and we both just really fell in love with, with what we were doing and what we were creating, the problem that we were going to solve. And those very first customers who reached out and were telling us, guys, I've tried everything for my sweaty hands and feet. I've, I've tried pres- expensive you know, prescription solutions that, uh, you know, Botox injections. I've tried surgery. I've tried oral anticholinergics. I've tried all of these things that have cost me thousands of dollars. And then I found Carpe, you know, this simple, effective uh, solution for $14.95 has completely changed my life. Um, and, and that early kind of response from, from customers really just made us fell in love with it. And so, yeah, so from the beginning, we didn't know a lot about startups. We really knew nothing about business, about uh, how to start a company, about how to make a product. But we researched it. You know, we looked at um, – you know, primary literature. We spoke with dermatologists. We've spoke with, uh, you know, formulation chemists who've, who've done it before. Um, and the, the chemist that, that uh, you know, we brought on, it, chemist is a, is a liberal term. It was really, uh, it was a, the smartest kid in my freshman year. On <laughs> but I mean, a really broad term, right? You, you bring him on. I get it. Okay, so it's Carpe yeah. Lotion. It's C-A-R-P-E. Seize the moment. CarpeLotion.com. And what we'll do is we'll uh, tweet out uh, links to it, post it on social media. 
And really uh, David, that. I've been using this for two weeks now, uh, the foot one, and it works fascinating. Now, we've oh, been getting some too. questions from the audience, and Doc, these are real questions from the audience. Okay. Alice wants to know. I know what you're going to ask. Go ahead. I'll see if I know. I must know, this is her question, if this works on, on underarms. Under on under what? Under boob. Under boob sweat. Yes, Alice, that's a phenomenal question. So, uh, we have not done any specific efficacy testing uh, under the breast. However, what I can tell you is that we have heard from customers who okay. have been using it in that area, and it works really well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot personally attest, uh, but I can attest for... <laughs> Wait, well, you don't got boobs, too. David? What are you talking about? It's 2018, man. Maybe he hasn't been part of the clinical trials on the uh, other side of the, the coin. Other, uh, the other side of the equation. Okay. You got to get on that. <laughs> This is, you got a whole other level you of uh, success now. here, David, that you can get involved in, right? You just put, uh, get a shirt, dealing with underboob sweat? Well, I'm Let David from Carpe it. Lotion. Let me seize the moment. <laughs> David, this is brilliant, dude. We think this is awesome. Uh, we wish all the less of uh, uh, all the uh, success and luck in the world, and we'll uh, put the uh, stuff on social media as well, okay? Thanks so much, Doc. I really, really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Sounds great. CarpeLotion.com. Carpe Lotion. Chris says it absolutely works. Yeah. It was right now, 17 years ago, 17 years ago, right now, that the uh, first plane hit the World Trade Center and the report started coming in. I think most of us uh, have a moment of, I was there, I was doing this, I was doing that. When we figured it all out, everybody has their own personal story about how it affected them and where their family was and emotions. We were talking with Riaz Patel a little earlier about how things build up and it becomes part of, of who we are. So certain words or phrases or symbols trigger those things because it's based on personal stories and who we are. We now know that um, just under 3,000 people ended up dying in the various attacks on September 11th, 2001. I think the total number is 2,977 Americans, humans, who were killed by terrorists. It's a moment that we swore we would never forget. Unfortunately, I think a lot have forgotten it, and we now have an entire generation who doesn't even know about it. History will be repeated by those who don't remember it, who don't understand it and don't know it. And in today's world, with all that we face, taking a moment to remember exactly what happened and relive it, allow yourself to experience those again is going to put a lot of things in perspective today. And if you're younger and you don't have that emotional connection to it, you should learn about it because that's going to steer you in the right direction. All right. I have to remind people about um, the movie Unbroken Pathway to Redemption. If you saw the movie Unbroken about Louis Zamperini, Zamperini, uh, that was directed by, uh, I can't remember her name. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. It's a great movie. But that didn't tell the entire story. No, it did not. There's more to it. The rest of the story is Louis had to get on with his life once he was free, once World War II was over. How do you get on? Chris, you've suffered PTSD, yeah. you understand. Yeah. And you had nowhere near suffered what Louis went no, through. No, no. How do you get through that? At some point, you're going to have to figure it out. And unbroken path redemption is about louis figuring it out yeah yeah how do you figure it out part of it has to be 
God and part of it has to be forgiveness. Those things go hand in hand. And this is the story of Louis figuring it out. How he overcame via forgiveness. Yeah, and this is the studios that brought you God's Not Dead. Pure Flix made this movie. Yeah, if you liked Unbroken, you're going to love this. If you're somebody who struggles with not being able to forgive people or something that happened in your life, it's um, Unbroken Path to Redemption. Path to Redemption. Check it out now. It's going to be opening this Friday at theaters near you. If you look it up online, and it is, is it uh, Unbroken? Unbroken. What's the full title for the dot com? All right, we'll tweet out a link to it so you can find it in case you're having trouble. But if you search for it, I'm sure you'll find it. But just remember, it opens this weekend. It's Unbroken Path to Redemption. Speak your mind. 888-900-3393. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. That is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the morning blaze. But before we go, as always, let's find out. We learned today, we learned if you're a cop that solicits solicits reports of non-crimes, you're doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. We learned today maybe my last day on the air. We'll have to figure that one out. We'll we'll see. Don't understand We learned the only thing better than scaring people with a remote-controlled alligator head is (laughs) finding a way to make money from scaring people with a remote-controlled alligator head. Agreed. Agreed. Finally, I learned that it's brave, maybe stupid, but I'm going to say brave of Chris Cruz to call Glenn Beck a fat tub O'Lard. That was brave of you. Never said none of that. You didn't say what? I didn't say none of that. He was a fat, hard butterball. (laughs) Chris Cruz, what, if anything, did you learn today? Well, I learned today that Doc and I only have one thing in 2018, Invisible Challenge. That's all I got left in the world. That's That's all we got left. Also, I learned that Doc gets triggered by triggering the audience. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. It was a rough day today. I'm going to go ahead and be honest. (laughs) It's a little rough today. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. What, if anything, did the listeners learn today? I uh, got TMB Bad Kirk saying, I love when cinnamon whipped honey even doesn't... Oh. Cinnamon whipped honey? Oh. Bad Kirk saying, I love when cinnamon whipped honey, even if it's, there's no bell for it. Oh, he didn't yeah. put it in quotes. He did not I love when a... cinnamon whipped honey... Even, Even if there's, if there's no, no bell for it. Yeah. See, cinnamon and honey would be people. I know. In that, it's I know. Yes. It's funny. Susan saying, Hollywood shame, only two genders for awards categories. Aren't there about 180? I'm glad. I thought the same thing yes. when we touched yes. on it. I didn't have a chance to mention it, but you're right. From Paul saying, I'm so glad the cops in South Yorkshire have solved all real crimes, and now they're <laughs> going to go through people's thoughts. Yeah, it's uh, non-crimes, remember. That's what you want to search for. Uh, Brian saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will get you five to ten. Five to ten, baby. Rebel Republican saying, Doc commits non-hate crimes incidents. Every day he makes plantain comments to Chris. It's not only the plantain comments. Oh. Uh, Oprah saying, Doc Thompson, Invisible Challenge. My first move is to the pantry for the Heath Bars. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm absolutely going for that stuff. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Uh, and finally, well, finally, TMB Drake saying, finally, cool enough to have hot coffee again. I'm happy and 
By cool enough, I mean it is not 90 outside. Exactly. That's exactly it. was so cool this morning. It really was. You know, I was a little thrown off at Trigger to have it admit that. But, um, oh, you were triggered. I think it'll be a little better tomorrow, good, assuming I'm good. on the air. And um, we'll get to the new numbers on procrastination. What else do we have coming up? I don't know. What does Glenn have coming up? Uh, 9-11 and Rias Patel. See, I'm not going to be on tomorrow. I see what's going on. You're already preparing. What is he wearing? Uh, ribbons. Remember, the Morning Blaze is today a Chris Cruz production. Six Emperor Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever you are. Anya, now, you go home. You've already been silenced. Is that it? Why are we Believe all- it or not, we're done. you are actually being informed. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.